welcome to episode 9 of Mad Get Radio. This week is a very special show. We are giving you the full rundown of the Scottish Championship GT. We're all super excited and today we are joined by none other than Captain Fantastic, the Scourge of the South, the second best EOS player in Britain, it's Felix Newman. Hello everybody. How's it going Felix? It's good, thank you mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's great to have you on the show finally. We've been trying to get you on for a wee while. And uh, this seemed like the perfect opportunity since you are running the GT. You're the man foolish enough to suggest such a thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure to finally be on the show. And as always, I'm joined by the laurel to my hardy. It's Paul. How's it going, man? Everyone's good. I'm uh, enjoying your little analogies every every episode. I think you're going to run out of... Oh, man. I've got... Yeah. Videos. I've got the Blues Brothers and that's me fucked. That's it after that. It's always Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead. That's a good one. I'll write that down. What's the... um? Shit. I had a duo there, but that's gone, so we'll cut that Bill one and out. <laughs> Bill and Ted's good. How's it going, Paul? It's good, man. Just getting uh, everything as ready as I can for the tournament. Really looking forward to it. As am I, as am I. So, we'll talk a lot about, obviously, the tournament this episode, because it is the focus. Uh, but before we go any further, um, I was thinking what we could do is get Felix just to introduce himself to anyone that doesn't already know of him. Uh, so, Felix, who are you? That is a great question. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously you can hear from Max and I'm very, very Scottish and that's why yep. I'm taking over the, the running of the Scotland ETC team for this year. So after after last year, uh, Alex and, and some of the other guys asked me to take over the team for this year. And uh, the brief that I gave myself was to get more of you real Scottish local lads involved in it uh, and also to, to do everything we could to, to run a, a two-day GT up in Scotland to give everyone sort of a, a flavour and a taste for for what a GT weekend is like, and hopefully get some of you know the Scottish Wildings clubs. I know you guys are, are, are massive and you have you have a lot of meetups. Get you guys all involved more in the tournament scene and, and hopefully entice you south of the border to to a few more events. So for me, I've been playing war games for about two and a half years now. Been playing Night Vage since the start of things. I'm an ACS for Empire, along with yourself, obviously, Andrew. And uh, before that, I was a, a general playtester. So I've had a pretty, pretty nice involvement in in the ninth age in general, and uh, you know, doing everything we can to help develop the game is a big priority. Absolutely, we are the the A team when it comes to ACSs. So all you Empire, all you Empire players out there, you're in safe, safe hands. So obviously, GT's coming up. Uh, we're recording today on the 28th of February, um, in the snowy, snowy north where it's actually getting pretty pretty scary outside, uh, the amount of snow that's fallen. But it's cool, we've got beer, we've got our lists, so uh, the show will go on. So Felix, how about you give us a rundown of this GT that's happening? Yeah, absolutely. So so the 10th of 11th of March, uh, Common Ground Games in Stirling. It's a two-day event uh, with 23 players signed up at the moment. I'll make the 24th as a spare player if I have to. But obviously, if anyone's listening to this and wants to come along last minute, Please reach out and we'll uh, we'll find a spot for you. The turnout is is obviously been pretty good, and the the armies chosen have also been pretty good. So every army is going to be there except for the high elves and the demon legion. <laughs> the only bad thing is that there's three dwarf players and three VC players. So obviously, you know that's going to bring down the the mood of everyone uh, at, <laughs> at the tournament. <laughs> uh, but uh, we've got uh, we've got a good prize for best painted, so make sure you bring all your best painted armies along. That's being supported by Cromlech, and uh, Andrew and Paul have arranged some some pretty amazing trophies for 
first, second, third place and, and most sporting. These are amazing sort of, I don't know how you describe them, they're, they're weapons, I guess, aren't they, really? Yeah, I went in my share, just repainted the gold, that'll be fine. <laughs> you know, get like a rake and a jetty and a few yeah. other things. You might get Perfect. tetanus, but it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, really looking forward to it, and obviously looking forward to doing the draw with you guys and then talking through some of the lists. Yeah, so that's the purpose of uh, today's episode, if you haven't guessed it already. Um, what we're going to do, uh, just to give you a general overview, uh, Felix has devised some kind of mad, mad hat plan to do this draw. So we'll do the draw, uh, we'll talk through what the pairings will be for that crucial round one, and then we're going to go through each of the, the round one matchups and talk a bit about uh, both the lists involved uh, and give our kind of our pro insights slash um, into who, <laughs> who we think uh, might get the edge on the matchup. Um, and then once we've gone through all the players and all the lists, uh, we'll sit back and we'll kind of get give an overview and uh, maybe have a discussion about who we think is going to edge it in two weeks' time. So, without any further ado, um, how about we get this draw on the road? So, Felix, do you yeah. want to ex- explain this uh, this crazy draw that's happening? Yeah, that's probably that's probably fair. So, without obviously, you know, you guys out listening to the podcast, you you probably won't know this without seeing their entry list, but. The entry has been split almost half and half down the middle with uh, the, the Team Scotland guys, both the, the team itself and the coaches, of which so that makes up 10. Uh, and then the, the mighty Scottish Wildlings Club, I think there's going to be uh, eight of those guys who are not on the team, but are Scottish Wildlings at the event. So what we wanted to make sure was that all of the Scottish Wildlings that came along are not going to end up playing the same guys they play, you know, every week and every month. And then the same thing from the Team Scotland guys that, you know, we play each other a lot, both on the table and sort of on, on Universal Battle. So we thought, hey, look, we're coming up to meet everyone and, and to have a good time and have some beers. So uh, make sure we don't play each other and play someone new. So what we've done is we've put all of the Team Scotland boys and a couple of the, what we call them, hangers-on, who are not Scotland or Wildlings in uh, Pool A. And they've been numbered one to twelve, and then all of the wildlings and uh, the rest of the other guys, which I think is four of them, they're going to be in 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 pot pot B, and they've been given the letter A to uh, L. What we'll do is I'll just say Andrew, pick a number, and hey Paul, pick a letter, or other way around. You guys shout that out to me, and I'll tell you uh, who who's been drawn together. The only bit to this that's a little bit different is. We'll make sure that Andrew and uh, also Ed Murdoch, who are both Team Scotland and Scottish Wildlings, because they're obviously just great players and fantastic guys. Yeah, that's uh, the reason. We'll make sure yeah. that those guys are <laughs> <laughs> so drawn first, uh, and they guys can only be drawn against four of the non-Wilding players in, in, pool, in pool two. Um, so obviously that's very confusing and no one understands what's going on. So what will probably end up happening is we just fix the draw. But hey, it'll be fine. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, we've got to give like the the appearance of democracy and fair play when in reality, exactly. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we've preordained. I've taken all the bribes and it's going to be great. So I'm playing Felix first round. Uh, so that's nice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so do you want to do Ed's? Draw first, then? Is that easiest? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, well, let's see. So, uh, so you can be the numbers man, Andrew. Do you want to pick number one or number two? Uh, I'll pick number two. Number two. So, that is obviously obviously your number one, and that's number Obviously, two. come on. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. And uh, then, Paul, if you want to pick A, B, C, or D for me. Uh, let's go with C. C. So, looking down the list, C is Mr. Stephen Dorning. Oh, he's your empire hobby rival. At this yeah. Moment. Okay. Good times. Awesome. 
Right. So then, uh, so then, number one obviously is you, Andrew. Yeah. Um, Paul, you've got A, B, and D to choose from. Right, Paul. Don't uh, fuck this up. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, let's just go with A then. Go with A. Okay. And that that one is Barry Lynch. Okay, that's not good. Do you know, do you know, what, Barry, do you know what Barry Lynch is playing? Yeah, on? like one of the two armies that I didn't want to play all weekend. That's great. I'm okay with <laughs> that. All of chaos, yeah. Woo! <laughs> Fun times. Good, good time. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I hate you. Both. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> Okay. Right, okay. So let's crack on. So um, you've got numbers between 3 and 12 to choose from. Okay, let's go number 7. Number seven is Gary Quirt. Okay. Uh, Gary's playing Infernal Dwarves, I think. And then, Paul, you have got everything up to L except for A and C. This is going to get confusing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's all good. I've, got, I've, got, I've been writing it down as we go. So we're That's your plan. Uh, let's go with K. K. Oof. That's, uh, that's, well, that's one off the books for, for someone else. That's Chris Legg, a late entrance. Ooh. That's, a, that's going to be a, an interesting and tough game. Right. Uh, so next one, um, pick a number, Andrew. So Chris is playing VC, isn't he? Chris is playing VC, yeah. He's playing a, a, a big slab of skeletons, uh, loads of wraiths, and a few other toys. Okay, so let's go for number 10. Number 10. Number 10 is... Number 10's me, all the spare players, whoever it is. So let's see who you're going to inflict uh, me upon. Uh, Paul. Uh, let's try F. F is Munro Armitage. Oh, Ooh, interesting. I think he's playing uh, elves of some description. Yeah, dread elves. Yeah. Oh, okay, that will be interesting. So I'm if it, if it is me as a spare player, I'll be playing. Uh, I'll be borrowing Ed's uh, Kingdom of Equitain. So that could be uh, an interesting game. Right, uh, number number from you, Andrew. Oh fuck, this is getting exciting now. Right, okay, let's go for number twelve. Number 12. Number 12 is your fellow coach, Tim Bocknett. So Tim, um, Tim brought a fucking disgusting list, so <laughs> pick wisely, Paul. <laughs> uh, B? B? B is you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> B for bollocks. B for, B for he's got two organ guns. Yeah. <laughs> Right, Andrew, uh, back to you for the number. Okay, let's go for number nine. Number nine is John Turner. Not bad. And then uh, a letter from you, Paul. Let's go with D. D is Alex Thomas. Alex is bringing Dread Elves? Is he the, the gentleman bringing 60 Dread Judges? Yeah, he's that filthy yes. fuck. Wow, <laughs> that might not be the thing that he wants to walk into some bombardiers, but hey, no. we'll see. It <laughs> <Okay. laughs> should be interesting. Um, okay, a number from you, Andrew. Um, let's go for five. Five is uh, David Johnson. Deej? Yeah, Deej, yeah, with, uh, with quite a nice little dwarf list as well. And then a letter. Cool. Let's go with L. L, last one, is Henrik Mao. With ogres. Cool. So, That'll next one. Um, let's go for do, 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 eight. Eight is G- Gareth Barton. <laughs> Current, currently away in New Zealand, back at home, and also sent in a wildly illegal list. So that'll be, uh, <laughs> that'll be a good one. He did tell um, us that we had to be filthy when we were making lists. So 
He did, he did, yeah. Um, and so a letter from you, Paul. Uh, let's go with H. It is Guillermo Bardera. Wow. Nice. G versus G. Story in Ancients, okay. That uh, might actually be okay. Got, uh, yeah. They've got three, three, four, six, and 11 left. Uh, let's go 11. 11 is Melvin Campbell. Let's okay. go with G. G. G is uh, Chris Bond. So that's Ooh. the last last of the non-wildlings left in the draw. And then a number. Um, let's go for do, 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 six. Six is another late entrance, Mr. Jack Austin. Ooh. With what I think is probably the filthiest list in the whole event. So it'll be fun going through that later. Mm. Uh, let's pair him up with G. J is uh, Martin Bueno. Sorry, Martin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can hear Martin swearing already. <laughs> <laughs> With Sylvan Elves, yeah, they like they like playing VC, right? That's yeah, that's, that, that's their ideal matchup, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, so we got number three and number four left, which is uh, either Alex Wheatley and Kieran Dunn, not necessarily in that order. Okay, so let's go four. Number four is uh, Kieran Dunn, and then we have got E and I left. Let's go with I. I is Andy Cohen, Ooh. which leaves um, Mr. Alex Wheatley against Nick Armitage, and that is our lot. Um, so I'll quickly just run through those. Um, so we've got Andrew versus Barry Lynch. We've got Ed versus Stephen Dorning. Gary Quirk versus Chris Legg. Uh, me or another person against Munro Armitage, Tim Bocknett against Paul McNeil, John Turner against Alex Thomas, David Johnson against Henrik Mao, Gareth Barton playing Guillermo Bardera, Melvin Campbell against Chris Bond, Jack Austin against Martin Bueno, Kieran Dunn against Andy Cohen, and Alex Wheatley against Nick Armitage. Well, there's some tasty matchups in that one. <laughs> Seriously interesting matches there, yeah, for sure. I know what's going to happen. I already know. There's no point in me playing that. I know. It's cool. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to be able to kill enough of Barry, right? And Tim's going to shoot the shit out of Paul. And then I'm going to play Paul second round, and I'm still not going to be able to kill Paul. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll make sure that does happen, you know, obviously. If of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not fixed or anything, yeah. It's fine. No, definitely not fixed yeah. or anything. Awesome. Right, okay, so... There's obviously a lot to get our teeth sunk into in that one. So how about we just start at the top and then work our way down? Yeah, absolutely. So the first draw that we made is um, was sorry Ed against Stephen Dorning. Okay, so Ed's list. So Ed is bringing orcs and goblins. He is. So this was the uh, the very shitty variant of orcs and goblins that um, the ETC team we were all talking about. Uh, and this was your idea, wasn't it, Felix? So he's got Unfortunately, these, yeah. yeah. So this is the list that I wrote for for um, for Ed, um, and he's very graciously said that um, he will he will give a fair shake to and uh, and try and play it. He's been he's been a good soldier. <laughs> okay, so you should go through it then. <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, sh- I mean, shall I read out the list itself, or um, do you want me to just sort of go through the the points of it? Um, I would just quickly run through the list. Okay, so there's a there's a orc shaman uh, in the list, wizard master, uh, the crown of autocracy and heathen general. He's got the destiny's call for a four up four up and the skull fetish. Skull fetish for for people who don't know what it is is you can activate it at the start of the magic phase. You 
add up all of your units that are in combat and you minus from that number the number of your units that are fleeing and whatever the plus or minus well obviously it'll be a plus if you activate it is how many veil tokens you get extra and that's capped at three later on you'll see there's quite a few small characters and chaff things you can chuck those into combats if you want and, and try and turbocharge your magic phase uh, but just a standard Orc Chief BSB, an Iron Orc uh, with a great weapon and uh, an armor save. Then there's a couple of uh, Feral Orc Cowboys. So these are Orc Chiefs uh, with Lance, Light Armor and Shield and a Warble. So they've got, uh, I think it's a 3-up, 5-up, and they're 190 points each. So they're really nice, cheap guys that are flexible for going into monsters at strength 7 or just parking in front of things you want to chaff up. Then there's a couple of Crazy Goblin Witch Doctors on uh, Goblin Wolf Chariots. They're 145 points each. That's like 15 or 20 more points than the regular chariot. It just seems mad not to take them. You get an extra. You get the Pyromancy number one, the Magic Missile, and the Thaumaturgy number one, another Magic Missile. So they're chaff. They give you some extra shooting. It's pretty nice. Then there's Call, which is three units of 24 Common Orcs, full command, bow, shield, spear. So these guys you deploy in horde formation, and with the new horde rules for volley, you get to fire all 24 shots every turn, essentially. When something nasty comes near to you, you reform five wide, and you're still getting 15 strength four attacks when they charge you with all the nice AP and agility bonuses that come with that. Uh, Then there's an artillery park of three skewers, two git launchers, uh, some chaff and some chaff clearers, two wrecking teams and two scrap wagons. And then a gargantula with a web launcher to sit back, give you more uh, more fire, then also hopefully keep something off your flank. Just sort of running through the general idea of it, it's built around taking off monsters and hard characters. So looking at the rest of the list for the event, I think really you can do very, very well as there's lots of multi-wound monstrous infantry lots of sort of solo flying characters some monsters things like that so if he can get to grips with uh, a, a play style that he's not used to I, I think ed could do in general really well yep i mean it's it's a solid list and i think you you hit the nail on the head i played ed at the weekend um and it, it didn't go well for ed but i think that wasn't it wasn't the list in particular it was just that Ed's quite an aggressive player. He had a couple of opportunities where maybe he shouldn't have pushed, but it's just in his nature to to want to do that. And I think he pushed when he shouldn't have, uh, which cost him in the long run. So I think if Ed can kind of sit himself down and just say to himself, that's not how this list operates, then he plays quite conservatively and just looks to do that range damage. Um, yeah, I think it's a really nasty list. But I just think Ed needs to conquer himself first. It's very obviously an ETC list. Yeah. It's a safe list that can sit back and get points and, and not be too risky. But like you say, you know, all Ed wants to do is get a big slab of feral orcs and throw them down someone's throat. So it's really good of him to test this list and also test himself and see if he can tweak his play style. Because if he can, then fantastic. If he can't, then great. At least we know and we can we can change up his list for, for when ETC comes around. Absolutely. It's a great opportunity for him. Right. So he's going up against Stephen Dorning. So Stephen is bringing EOS. Um, do you want me to run through this one? Yeah, Empire ACS. Uh, yeah. So I should know. Oh, here's a funny thing. Um, I thought Imperial Guard were Agility 4, and Paul messaged me this morning saying, no, nah, they're Agility 3. I was like, ah. 
So that was showing my pro knowledge right there. To be fair, that was only because I had just like reviewed his list, and that was the only reason I knew that. I actually thought he had great weapons on that unit. He doesn't. It's hand weapon and shield. You had to point that out to me. So, Stephen's bringing Empire. Um, his general is uh, Marshall, who has a great tactician upgrade, so he has two orders. He has a shield, death warrant, uh, imperial seal, and the lucky charm. So basically that means that he's got two orders, death warrant, which means that if the marshal strikes before the parent or support unit that are also engaged in that combat, and he does a successful hit, those units get battle focused. So it's potentially very, very nasty. Um, he will be agility 5 though, which is something he's got to watch for. Um, he will have parry because he's got the shield. He's got a 1-up uh, armor save with a single reroll, and he's that um, really important discipline 10 uh, for Empire. The BSB is pretty bare bones. Uh, it's Marshall again with shield, black steel, and the a Dusk Forge uh, upgrade for his shield. So that basically just means that he's got one order, uh, he's got a one-up armor save, he causes fear, but that one-up armor save is also re-rollable because of the Dusk, For uh, Dusk Forge shield. He's got a pretty bare-bones prelate with just uh, plate armor and a shield, but of course the big thing about the, the prelate is that he's given the unit he's in hatred, and he also have a has access to those three bound spells uh, in the form of prayers. For Wizard, he's gone for a single Wizard Master on Alchemy. He's gone down the same route as me, um, so that'll be four spells, and he'll get his plus one in channel. Uh, for core, he's got 34 spears um, with full command and the household standard. Spears are just really, really good just now, so solid choice. Um, and he's got an 18-inch inspiring presence if the if the general goes in that unit because of the the standard. He's got a 20-man heavy infantry unit with halberds, so they'll be a support unit. And if they're in close proximity to one of his parent units, they'll be getting fighting extra rank as well as the uh, all the ranks for Steadfast. So potentially a nasty combo there if he gets any counter charges off. He's got 10 state militia with pistols and skirmish. Um, these guys aren't the, the butt bandits that they used to be, um, but they're still pretty, um, pretty useful, especially now that they've got insignificant back uh, to parent units. So you can definitely try and pull some shenanigans there. To fill out core, he's got two units of 15 uh, light infantry with crossbows, which are just awesome just now. Uh, fire in three ranks if they're close to the parent unit, um, you can give them the accurate order. So that's a 30-inch bubble of strength for goodness that's coming out of them. To round off the list, he has two five-man units of writer with brace pistols. So these guys haven't changed much, um, although the, the actual quick-to-fire rules for the pistol have changed slightly, uh, which is worth noting. He has uh, 28 Imperial Guard with full command in the rending banner. So they'll be strength four, um, three up armor, bodyguard guys, and they can also pop that banner. Remember, it's just one use now, uh, but still potentially very nasty. For artillery, he's bringing one cannon, and then he's got a steam tank. The steam tank's changed a wee bit, but it's still the Goliath of old, very hard to get rid of. And then he has two arcane engines, one with the foresight upgrade and one with arcane shield. So the foresight uh, upgrade will be giving his nearby units uh, lightning reflexes. And it's also got Ice and Fire as a nice little bounce spell there. And the Arcane Shield gives uh, units within six distracting and gives Perception of Strength as the bounce spell. It's quite well-rounded. It's yeah. quite balanced. I mean, I look at this list and, you know, obviously Andrew and I are very active on the Empire Forum. And, and to me, it's pretty close to the sort of the current Empire net list that all the European tournaments are, are seeing at the moment. I think I'm not entirely convinced by Imperial Guard at the moment, but I think that the list, this list in general is very solid, very safe, and to be honest, if Stephen played it conservatively all weekend, I can see it getting 
sort of high 50s, low 60s points wise, it's it's very hard to break down and it's very easy to sort of win small or, or lose small with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with that. I, I'm not convinced by Imperial Guard. Uh, I really don't rate them. Although they do seem to just be everywhere just now uh, with the Empire lists. Uh, I, I'm not sure 28 is going to be enough. Um, but like you say, if he plays conservatively, it doesn't matter. Um, because 28 probably isn't enough for him to really push for that unit. You really need 30-plus bodies uh, with Imperial Guard because they just get get eaten by so many other things. If Ed sits back and does what he should and shoots, then Stephen Dorling has to come at him because Ed's got enough toys that will be able to take off the engines and take off even the steam tank with the skewers if you get a couple of lucky hits. Um, so he's going to have to push, and I'm not sure he's got enough to really push hard. Yeah, a lot of that comes down to Ed's war machines, doesn't it? Yeah, okay, so what do you guys think? Who's got the edge? It's it's tough. I think it's a really nice balanced match. I think that, you know, like you said, if, if Ed's artillery and shooting turns up, it, it can be really bad for Stephen. And so he has to, Stephen has to push at Ed. Um, and if Ed can get his head around how to use the sort of the chaff and the small characters effectively, I think I think Ed's got the edge on this one. Okay, so one vote for Ed. Paul, what do you think? I think um, if Ed can take out the, the buff wagons, then I think when it comes to combat, I'd go orcs and goblins. And then other than that, I think it just comes down to dice and actually whose war machines can actually do the damage. Because similarly, I mean, if the steam cannon and the regular cannon can do damage on the spider, then, you know, that takes another close combat element out of Ed's list, which will help. But yeah, I think it's pretty close. I think it's kind of difficult to call, but I'd probably just give the nod to Ed. Yeah. I think I would probably give the nod to Ed as well, just because, um, I mean, I don't know, um, I've never met Stephen, and I don't know what armies he's coming up against regularly, but Ed's really not got the excuse of not knowing the Empire book, um, especially because we just played a couple of weeks ago. So I think Ed will be very much aware of what Stephen's list can do um, and how he needs to play against it. So um, I think if Ed sticks his game plan um, and his artillery shows up, which is an important thing, because if his artillery doesn't show up, uh, that could be really bad because those those strength three bows aren't going to cut it. But if he's if his artillery show up, particularly the skewers, and you're taking out that tank, you're taking out the engines, and uh, it could potentially be painful for Stephen. But likewise, if Stephen can get in contact without losing too much to shooting, then um, it could be a world of pain for Ed as well. But I'll probably give Ed the nod as well. Cool. Right. So second matchup. Yeah. Let's get this over with. <laughs> Do you want to run through your list then? Yeah, so I am playing Barry. Um, I'm bringing, unsurprisingly, Empire Sunstall. Uh So I've got kind of a different emphasis in my list to Stephen. So my general is a prelate. Uh, he has the Imperial Seal, a great weapon, and Locket Sooner. So he is a buffer and an anti-character guy, uh, which is a pretty handy combination to have. Uh, my BSB is a marshal with great tactician, shield, alchemist alloy, uh, Willow's Ward, Death Warrant, uh, Push and Swiftness. I took Felix's advice, and that marshal is still a one-up, um, but it means with the potion of swiftness, um, when he's in with the spears, he can activate death warrant before them either way, if they're charged or if they charge. So that's all good. Uh, for wizard, I've got wizard master with alchemy, uh, but I've decided to give him that magic heirloom because I just think that the hereditary for empire is just so strong, so valuable. Uh, so he'll have four spells plus the um, the hereditary, which is the number one from any lore I want. Uh, that I have access to. For core, I've got 35 spear, um, full command with the household banner, so again, that 18 inch inspiring presence. I've got two 15 man units of crossbows, like Steven, they're just awesome. 
I've got a scoring dart of five electoral cav with musician Lance Shield. Uh, I've got ten state militia with skirmish and bow. Um, I've got two units of chickens with uh, Lance Shield uh, standing musician. Two units of five rangers. Uh, two units of five writer with repeater guns. Two mortars, two rocket batteries, and an arcane engine with foresight. Awesome. So, Barry is running Warriors of the Dark Gods. General is a chosen lord on a Karkadan with the favour of pride. He's got the great weapon, blessed inscriptions, death cheater, and a lucky charm. So, he's rocking a 1 up, 4 up, strength 7 general with rerolls to wound. He's got a sorcerer with alchemy. He's a wizard master. He also has the heirloom, uh, plate armour. He's got alchemist alloy. Paired weapons and lightning band braces for the extra bound spell. For core, he's got 20 warriors, full command, halberds, and banner of speed, and 8 warhounds, rounding out 900 points quite nicely. Then for special, just a wall of chosen knights. So he's got a one big unit of five with the musician, favour of pride, and then he's got three units of four chosen knights, all with musicians, favour of pride, for 570 points each. And that's the list. So basically just a wall of iron getting rammed down your throat. This is a fucking travesty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, I, need to, I need to tell you what I've written in my show notes for this. Andrew's for, 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 your, for, your, for your list beforehand, so I said, you judge the meta well, there are eight armies with uh, two or more like large infantry blocks, your mortars to do work on, there's like 20 armies that have got multi-wound targets. And then I said, the only problem will be keeping off some of the more aggressive combat armies with high armor, brackets, warriors of the dark gods. Uh, <laughs> we had a game recently, didn't we, Andrew? We've had, is it three or four practice games? Three, three and 2.0. So basically, I kind of, I thought early on that the meta would be a lot of elves, a lot of ogres, and a lot of beast herds. So I decided really early on that I was going to go quite shitty. Um, and look to have a counterpunch. And I kind of I thought that the only real thing that I really do not want to play against is high armor, high speed. Unfortunately, both the Warriors lists, both Barry's and Paul's, are both of those things. And we've played three times, and Paul has won yeah. convincingly twice, and we drew one. But I think we probably only drew that one because we ran out of time. I think Paul would have probably got it. So I think well, the first could... one, to be fair, you were quite unlucky, because uh, you basically had shot the shit out of my army fairly well, and then there was a couple of unfortunate dice rolls and then certain things got into combat and then it kind of went downhill so yeah it's it's just like the the worst matchup really um those if your shooting does well then you can you can do serious damage it's just that he's got so many units though and nothing's going to panic which is a big problem yeah so this is this is one of the the things where i look at empire lists and Everyone except for me seems to be favouring crossbows over handguns, whereas I just love bringing the handguns for extra AP. I guess, like you were saying, you were judging the meta as being elves, ogres, beast herds, where being able to shoot them from further away for longer is is better with the crossbows. You don't really need the AP. Yeah, absolutely. When there's warriors pushing up on you, I genuinely think if if your list had 2 times 15 handguns, I think it would be... A different story because you start really taking wounds off those uh, those chosen knights with, with the handguns. What are you talking about, Felix? My list does have two times fifteen handguns. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's a mistype here, right? And two volley guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that was the other you've thing. You've got alchemy magic, right? And and with rocket battery, you know, they're AP three. 
if the rocket batteries have a day and take off some chosen nights and uh, your alchemy magic does well, as long as you chaff everything up and those writers are going to have to be sacrificed pretty early, yeah. I honestly think that you, you know you, you can come out of it with a, with a small win. Yeah, I think it, a big part of it is just going to be um, if my dice are hot. I think if my shooting dice in particular turn up, um, I can really put the pressure on. It is literally, I had three lists which I really didn't want to play against. Both the Warriors list and Kieran's uh, Vermin Swarm list. And uh, yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be a tough game. Paul, you know, what do you think about Barry's list? Like, I personally, I look at it and I think, you know, it, it's a pretty blunt tool of a list. It's pretty straightforward, just run up the enemy, but it does what it's meant to do pretty well. Yeah, definitely. This is very kind of systematic of a lot of the lists, a lot of Warriors lists that are getting taken to GTs. Uh, very chosen night heavy. Mm, yeah. A good, solid lord that can perform very well in combat and magic. Um, I think just about every list I've seen with Warriors has a magical component in it now. And I think it's just the magic phase is just too big not to compete in. I'll, I really like Alchemy because it gives the Warriors lists a more offensive phase uh, to actually do some damage from range. Being able to get, I, I don't know, I mean, his Sorcerer is on foot, right? So he'll be in the Warriors unit. Yeah. The Warriors unit is going to be movement five with the banner. So they are going to be the slowest component in the list. So it might be something that he'll need to bear in mind that that unit doesn't get too isolated because it's going to take it longer to get to the other side of the table. So you're probably going to be having to target out the Chosen Knights because they're obviously going to be <laughs> yeah, you think <laughs> pushed in your face. So it's going to be difficult, but I don't know. Like It's interesting. You've, got, you've obviously changed the lore on your Sorcerer because you've been running Pyromancy for a long time. So it's probably yeah. a good thing that you have changed because yeah, um, that's that. going to be invaluable. But I think if you concentrate fire on a single unit, because you've, you've got to kill, you've got to kill the unit. There's no point in leaving one guy alive because he's just as potentially just as dangerous. One chosen knight getting into certain things. Yeah, to give you an example of that, in our first game, um, I charged three chickens full health into one chosen knight, and it lasted three rounds of combat, and the chosen knight won. <laughs> like part of that was shit dice, though. But even still, like fucking hell, they're just so hard yeah. to shift. And like he was tested on leadership six a couple times where I got the edge, and it's just that that cold blooded. It's just so good. Yeah, re-roll and break tests, yeah. re-dice, it's huge. So yeah, it's it's difficult, because with a lot of other armies, I mean, if you're dealing a lot of damage from range, I mean, you can almost rely on certain things panicking. Uh, whereas with this army, I mean, the only thing that's going to panic is are the dogs, and nothing's going to give a shit about the dogs. So Yeah, I will at least get 130 points. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Okay, lads, what do you think? I think, based on our experience... I think this is really going to come down to dice. This list, I would say, is harder for you than my list, um, just because there's more of the kind of scary stuff to deal with. If your artillery doesn't turn up, then I think it's game over. Yeah. Felix? I think there is a fair chance that you may get pumped. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Cap. That's the kind of pep talk I really needed. Confidence you need. No, you know, gonna... I thought that was. I thought you were about to sound off on some really optimistic kind of point there. <laughs> no, Felix ain't like that. <laughs> no, at all. It's, but basically, I think it's, it, it will be a big win either way. Either, either your your magic and your artillery turn up, and 
you just evaporate his army in sort of two turns and then mop everything up with, with the chickens and you can push out and be aggressive with your spears. Or he will weather the storm and then he'll he'll take you off. It'll be it'll literally be that one way or the other. It was very similar to um I took a similar sort of list to yours to Masters and I played the the Vampire Covenant Blood Dragon Fun Bus list. I played that twice. I got 19 once or 18 once and then I won 20 the other game and it was almost identical list. It'll be the same as that. It'll just be whoever's dice is a little bit hotter will will take a big win. Yeah, totally agree. I think Barry's definitely gone into that favourite. Um, I'll just need to try and pull some shenanigans, I think. That'll be a good game. It'll be a, a tough game, but it's all right. My plan is to submarine anyway. It's fine. This is, <laughs> this is all part of the, the grand strategy. Right, okay, so we're giving Barry the nod there. So, the third matchup is uh, Gary Quirk with Infernal Dwarves versus Chris Legg with VC. So, the Infernal... Oh, this is the Infernal Dwarves list. So, Gary took about three or four goes to get me a correct list for this. So, he's already started, <laughs> he's already started with a list penalty. Um, but uh, it's quite a cool list. It's, it's a bit of a weird one. It's like a MMU Infernal Dwarves. It's got, obviously, that, that scary character. And it's the kind of list where it's got quite good target saturation. So if you haven't faced too many war machines, I think there's just too much stuff for most sort of shooting and combined armies to handle. But if he goes sort of toe-to-toe with a hard-hitting combat army like Chris's, it's going to be a lot more difficult because I'm not sure if there's anything in his list that can deal with like a fully tooled-up combat army. Yeah, just running through it. I think that, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. He's got a bit of everything. So he's got the Overlord on the Great Bull, the the Vizier BSB with the Icon of the Inferno, the banner where you um, you cast a spell and it gives you the sort of mini firewall every time you cast a spell. Uh, Prophet on Alchemy, a little Hobgoblin Chieftain backstabber boss in a unit of 20, uh, 25 backstabber Hobgoblins. A big slab of 35 Infernal Warriors with Blunderbuss, which I thought was interesting. Um, 20 Hobgoblins, 20 Orc Slaves with paired weapons, who I think are just a great cheap unit. 23 Immortals um, with Bano Shemur, a Volcano Cannon, a Flamethrower, a Bolt Thrower, and then the Infernal Engine with the with the shrapnel guns. So it really is like a bit a bit of everything. And so he's gone through the book and sort of picked every second unit and then smashed it all together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's do Chris's list, and then we'll we'll talk about the the matchup. Paul, do you want to run through that one? Yep. So Chris has VC. He's got a vampire account, which is his general with von Karstein, the Dead Rise, Wizard Adept, Shields, Heavy Armor, Paired Weapons, Court of the Damned, Legend of the Black King, and Touch of Greatness. He's got a Biro King with Paired Weapons. He's the BSB with Hero's Heart, Destiny's Call, and the Legion Standard. He has a Necromancer who is a Wizard Master. Uh, Talisman of the Void and Magical Heirloom. Um, he doesn't have the path on the list. What's he bringing? Uh, the Necromancer. Yeah, oh, that was my fault. He did actually tell me it's on evocation. All right, cool. Yeah, he did. He did message me that and say, "Hey, it's evocation." Cool. Okay, so Necromancer, uh, who's Wizard Master, Talisman of the Void, Magical Heirloom, and Evocation. Forty-two skeletons, champion musician, standard bearer with Legion standard. 21 Zombies with Musician. He's got three units of two Bat Swarms, uh, two Altars of Undeath. He's got two units of ten Wraiths and one unit of five Vampire Spawn with a Champion for five 
sorry, for 4,500 points on the nose. What do you think of this, Andrew? You, you're you about to embark on a journey of VC VCs. playing. I don't think... Uh, see, I'm really cautious because Chris is a fantastic player. So I'm really... I don't want to say anything negative about the list because I'm probably totally... Go on. Do, go on. Just say it's I, shit if you think it's shit. I don't think it's shit. I just think that... <laughs> I think he needs a lot of things to go right and he needs right matchups to get lots of points out of matches. Because, like, that vampire needs to be killing shit. It needs to be getting into juicy targets, and it needs to be getting into characters and just munching on stuff. So he's going to be in with the, the skellies. Uh, just... Wraiths are good. Like, Wraiths are really good, but they're quite matchup dependent. Because um, if you go up against something that's got a lot of magic missiles or has access to spells that can give shooting magical attacks, then they will just fall apart. Um, or if you've got really killer units that can get in there and just mince them before they get to strike. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of things that just won't be able to handle them as well. Uh, the altars are still really good. Um, and then he's got five vampire spawn for just, like, mobile hunters. So, I'm wary to say that I don't know how he's going to be really pushing the board, but I think he took a very similar list to, to Bristol a couple of weeks ago. I think he had uh, direwolves in there, which he's dropped for, I think, bat swarms. Um, so I am probably missing it because Chris is a fantastic player. So I think it's a good list, but I think it probably needs someone like Chris to steer it <laughs> rather than someone like me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I, so I chatted to him when he, when he submitted the list today um, and I said, you know, I think it's a really strong list. And his reply was that he thought it, he, he doubted it was a strong list. He thought it was a fun one and that he thought the vampire was, was very risky. I think when you look around, not necessarily just uh, Gary's list, but other lists as well, there are a lot of things that can kill that 990 points of general out of that unit. Yeah. And then the army's going to have a pretty bad day. What I would say though is that, you know, the ultras, the double ultra run death is, is just mad for VC at the moment because it gives them sort of the hard counter to what's meant to be their weakness, which is no range yeah. shooting. So those ultras can clear everyone's chaff out of the way pretty easily and then that means that the the big block of skeletons with well you know double two legion standards in there can potentially just you know run into whatever they want but it'll be i like to say it's it, it's going to be an interesting one he's, he's a fantastic player and you know there are definitely the tools there to to do well yeah yep i think that's fair so who gets the nod felix you can start off I think that on strength of lists, I think it's pretty pretty equal. Um, I don't think either list is is that fantastic to be honest. Um, but you know, like you said, Leggy's a, a a damn good player, uh, and not that Gary isn't. But you know, Chris has got that experience. I think that Gary's list hasn't got anything scary enough to deal with that big block. If he throws his bull of Shamut Lord in there, the vampire's going to take him off in a turn. And if he throws any of his sort of MMU units into the big skeleton block, they're just going to hang around for forever and grind them out. So I think I'd probably give the edge to, to Chris for this one. Paul, what do you think? As someone that has never played Infernal Dwarves or VC, so obviously I'm going to be quite expert. an expert. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think I would give it to Gary, just because I'm looking at his list and he's got a lot of shooting. So if he can target out certain aspects of Chris's list then that might be able to help him out. But I don't know, Like it's, it's, it's difficult to say without actually playing them, so I don't actually know how effective either of these lists actually are. I don't even actually know what certain units do. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. 
I think um, Gary needs to be super disciplined um, if he's wanting to win this. He's got, he's got the tools to do pretty well. I think like the flamethrower, uh, the volcano cannon, but he really needs to just concentrate on a unit at a time. The issue is that stuff like the blunderbusses, they're just they're too short range. If Chris gets to within eighteen or twelve of him, um, it's not going to be great. But I think if he's dice, if he's shooting dice are hot and he just really targets one unit, then it could potentially be problematic. But I think I think Leggy's probably got the the, the nudge because you've got you've got to make sure against VC that if you if you're shooting that unit, you've got to kill that unit in one turn because all that's going to happen is they're just going to get back up. Especially like some like Skellies, where they're just getting you know <laughs> shed loads of them back every single turn. Um, and if you don't let um, the evocation through, then he's getting other nasty stuff through. So yeah, I think I think Leggy's got the nudge. But if Chris plays a really smart game, um, then it, it could make life really difficult for him. What are these stats on the altars? They're they're chariots um, that have got a four at regen. And then they've got a shooting attack that can either bubble uh, 12 inches or select a single target within 18. And it does D6 on the bubble and D6 plus one or two on the single target strength hits, uh, which are equal to the turn number it is. So like turn one, it's, you know, one strength one. And then by turn five, six, it's strength five or six. So if those things are alive, come turn five or six, and he's pushed them into the middle of the army, especially okay. with ev- especially with evocation where you can um, you can magic move them. That starts causing a problem. Yeah, absolutely. How many wins do they have? Uh, five. So five HP with a four up regen. Yeah, and then yeah, and, uh, resistance five. five as well. And I think they got an armor save as well. I think they got a uh, five up. I think save. yeah. I mean, they're no joke. Um, they are they are nasty. See, this is another thing because. You really want to be taking out the unit, like the combat units. You want to be trying to wipe out that skelly unit, but you can't afford to let the daughters get that close either. So, and I don't think Chris has got, sorry, um, Gary's got enough shooting there to really do both. So, uh, I think it's going to be really tough for, for Gary. Okay. So we're saying Chris for that one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. So next matchup. So that would be, uh, Felix, who's using Ed's Kingdom of Ecton, uh, against Monroe. Take us through your list, Felix. Um, yeah, you know, to the, to, to the best that I can. I've never played uh, KOE before, <laughs> um, and I'm obviously hoping that we can find someone else to, to step into the breach and take my spot uh, so I can just focus on run running the event. But um, I, I basically wrote this list in case I didn't have to play, and it is pretty brainless, and you can just sort of push it forward and then either take someone off or realistically just be taken off and give someone a nice free 20. So it's got a damsel who's a general, uh, a master on uh, either shamanism or divination, crown of autocracy, which brings her up to a huge leadership eight uh, on a war horse. Uh, she sits in a unit of nine Knights of the Grail with full command group um, and the Oriflame. And with her is her trusty paladin BSB, uh, on a budded warhorse, he's got the Grail Oath, a shield, and the Fortress of Faith um, item, which gives him, God, I can't remember now, a set defensive skill, quite a quite high or parry, and always anyone that is can allocate attacks against him has to allocate attacks against him. So he's still toughness four, one up, five up. The idea is the Grail Knights just go into something, 
mints a unit on combat res and everything has to hit the BSB who hopefully doesn't die. So that's, you know, always fun. Yep. Um, they've got, uh, then there's a Duke on a Hippogriff. He's not the general. Uh, he's got the Questing Oath, Bastard Sword, the Virtue of Renown, which is every six to wound is D3 wounds. And I think it's no special saves allowed against it. Uh, a shield, ghostly guard, talisman of shielding, and blessed inscriptions. So he's re-rolling his to wounds to try and maximise that renown. And I think he's got a, t- a two up five up or a three up five up. I'd have to check what what it is. Um, then the list is rounded out with fifteen knights of the realm, musician, standard bearer, banner of the last charge. Banner of the last charge is the one which is impact hits for uh, the three guys in the front and they get a number of impact hits equal to the full ranks in the unit. So that full 15 of knights going into something at full strength is 12 strength four impact hits, which is quite nice. Uh, 18 peasant bowmen with crossbows and the musician just to round, just to round out core and also to help clear chaff. The green knight and five peg knights with musician and vanguard, who I think are going to be a quite fun thing to play. You just push them forward 12 inches and then you can move them 16 so they got like a 30 28 or 30 inch threat range from from turn one which will which will scare a lot of people yeah it's cool cool and then Monroe's list will I run through this yeah sure go for it so he's got an oracle for the general uh, she's a wizard master with cosmology destiny's call magical heirloom Morax Reaping and Light Armor. So the Morax Reaping item, uh, that'll give four attacks at strength four AP three with Death Trance, which is plus one to wound in the first round of combat. He's got a captain for the BSB with Fleet Commander, Heavy Armor, uh, Ghostly Guard and Hero's Heart. An Assassin, Paired Weapons, Path of Bloody Murder and Bloodroot. So Path of Bloody Murder, that, which gives hatred and distracting and a four up Aegis save in close combat. Uh, Bloodroot, that's plus one strength, plus one AP, multiple ones two against characters. So this guy's pumping out four attacks, if it's skill eight, strength five, AP three, agility nine with lightning reflexes and poison attacks. So pretty scary. Um, 25 dread legionaries with spears full command, two units of five dread dark raiders with repeater crossbows, two units of ten repeater auxiliaries with musicians, two units of seven raven cloaks with great weapons, 30 Tower Guard, full command, uh, with the banner of Gar Dekos, I'm going to say. Good uh, that, yep, that'll do it. That gives Death Trance to the unit. So again, that's plus one to wound in the first round of combat. Uh, 12 Dancers of Yamas with Skirmish and a Musician. And the Divine Altar with Paired Weapons. So I played against Monroe on the weekend. And I think this is pretty much the list that he ran. And... I made the mistake of getting into combat with the Tower Guard unit, and <laughs> it went really bad. And he basically, well, I didn't table me. I think I called it uh, bottom of turn five because it was just game over at that point. So, yeah, stay the fuck away from that 30-man Tower Guard unit. Yeah, Felix, you don't have any shooting. That could be problematic. Um, How dare you? I've got 18 of the finest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, yeah. That, that's yeah, a, back to your book. Those that, guys that, are accurate and fantastic. That is a game changer. Uh, it's fuck, a game changer. Fuck the terror guard. They're going off. They're, they're yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take them off. It's going to be easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nasty. Um, that terror guard unit is really the list, really, because um, that will probably mince just about anything it gets in combat with. The only thing yeah. that I maybe wouldn't back it against is something like 
uh, Jack's Barrowguard, which we'll come to, but um, it's just a really fucking nasty unit that is going to take a lot of beating to get rid of. Uh, the Dancers of Yemma, um, I, mean, I played Monroe as well at the weekend, and he's not convinced about the Dancers, he just kind of included them to try them out. Um, I don't know what they did in your game, Paul, but they did Hee Haw um, in ours. Basically, when I played them, I combo charged that unit with my knights and a chosen knight unit. So they did very little. Yeah, uh, <laughs> understandably. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're a cool unit. I mean, the gladiator weapons, pretty versatile. They've got a four of pages in close combat, skirmish. They've got strider. Against the right thing, they're, they've got their uses. They're only 276 points. So useful unit you can even use to chaff stuff up if he needs to. So it's not that many points to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 276 is pretty reasonable. Uh, skirmish as well is good. Um, the Divine Altar is just fucking insane. Um, especially that add in the dice. So basically he has like a swift stride bubble. Yeah. Oh, um, that is just a nightmare. There's a lot of re-rolls in the list. Yeah, there's a lot of certainty. Yeah. Having said all that, I think, Felix, if you... There's points there that you can take, especially with something like your list where it's so fast. So I think if maybe just avoid the Tower Guard and take everything else, which is doable... Yeah, def- I mean, the, th- the thing with the Tower Guard as well, so they're, they're halberds, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and then the, the Banner of Guard, Guard Dacos um, and the Divine Altar together can give them plus one to wound at all times, can't it? Yeah. Um, but they still don't do that well against armor. Like They're going to have a lot of attacks, and they're going to hit with a lot of them, and then with the plus one to wound, they should wound with a lot of them as well. Um so at that point, it's kind of just down to dice and how many sort of ones and twos I managed to roll. Um, you know, obviously, if you get off the, if I get off the great hereditary spell for um, for KOE, the bad you to re-roll you know, all the ones you've got in the world. That's always uh, that's always handy. Um, you know, it's sort of it's the sort of thing where you can either play play smart. If I was playing, if I was trying to play properly and trying to trying to do really well and not just play the spare player i think you're right i think you just you've got such everything so fast in the in the koe list you can kind of zone everything with the two big units and send the green knight and the peg knights to go and mop up a few a few tasty little points here and there and, and go for the small win uh, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to push everything <laughs> as hard as I can at that Tower Guard unit. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, because I got loads of other stuff to do, like around actually running the tournament. So it'll be good fun. I think we'll have a good game, and I think that um, you know I'll, we'll be looking to be in in combat from from the start of turn two or you know turn one if we can, and uh, we'll throw a lot of dice and have a fun game. Good. Okay, so having, you know, Felix just told me that, um, I'm going to give the nod to Monroe. Uh, I don't know about you, Paul. Um, how good's KOE armor? Is it two ups pretty much all across the board? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So you're really, I mean, against Monroe's list, because there's that much AP, it's, you're, you're talking four ups. Uh, yeah, so you're talking the, so what, what's the tower guard? They're, AP2? Are they AP2? Yeah. yeah two so attacks each. Yeah, that's that's nice. They'll be they'll be they'll be four ups then in that case. I don't know. I think I'll I'll give Monroe the nod just because I've seen what it can do against my list, and my list is very heavy armor. And to be fair, he did roll quite well for a lot of his shooting phases, but that's all it takes to make the difference. So yeah, I'll just give it to Monroe. 
that, I think this depends on how Felix plays. If Felix just goes for him, then I think, yeah, that, that just comes down to um, do Monroe's dice turn up, because if they do, he can take off blocks at a time. But um, if Felix plays sensibly, which it doesn't sound like he's going to do. <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's this Monroe guy like? Is he a nice fellow? He's a nice guy, yeah. Oh, then fine, I'll push at him. If he was a horrible bastard, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd, I'd put my game face on and be like, mate, I'm coming for you. But uh, yeah, if he's a nice fellow, I'll push at him. It'll be good fun. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think if you do what Andrew's saying with regards to staying away from the tower guard, like depending on deployment and how movement phases go, if you can stay away from it, then your stuff on the charge will basically go through everything else. So yeah, definitely. And I mean, if it, it, it's the kind of thing where if you're playing serious, you you sweep up as much as you can, and if you can get a double charge on that tower guard unit, all of the impact hits plus the grails. I think the grails swing at the same time, or even or even before the tower guards. They'll go before, yeah, because they'll be agility six, aren't they? Um, I think with that that and the impact hits, I think you blow that unit up. But you would need both of them in there, and wherever the assassin is, the 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 hippogriff guy can't go anywhere near him because the assassin will just punk him in one round. But yeah, I give it to I give it to Munro as well. (laughs) What agility are are real knights? Are they six base? Five, Uh, five base, I think. Right. Okay. So six on the charge. Um, okay. I don't know what tower, what tower guard are. I'd assume they would be... They're five. They're, they're five, six. Five or six. Oh, shit, they're sorry, they are. It's uh, Dredge, which is at five, right? Yeah, yeah, they're six base. Yeah, so it'd be same, same time. Okay, cool. Okay. Right. So, the next matchup um, allows us to play our fun side game of the list, <laughs> list review. <laughs> Welcome to the Rune, Dwarven Rune drinking game. So this uh, this matchup is Tim against Paul. So Paul can take us through his list, uh, but before what we'll do is we'll go through Tim's list and we will try and guess what all this dwarven shit does. Awesome. (laughs) So beer at the ready, gentlemen. Okay, here's Tim's list. Okay, so his general is unsurprisingly a king. However, surprisingly, he has a handgun. He has a shield, and the first one goes to Felix. What is the Rune of Destruction? Rune of... It's not very fair, I wrote this list. Rune of Destruction is <laughs> <laughs> D3 wound. Correct. Okay. Paul, Rune of Fury. Plus one attack? Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Mm. Felix, Rune of Smashing? Uh, rune of Smashing is Strength 10 against anything Toughness 5 or greater. Well done. Paul, Rune of Iron. Uh, that is plus one armor. Well done. Felix, Rune of Shielding. Uh, plus one wood save. Oh, this is a bit shit. I mean, no one had to drink that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Tim's King in total has, like we said, multiple wounds, D3, strength 10 against uh, resistance 5 or higher, uh, 5 attacks, uh, offensive and defensive 7, resilience 5, strength 4, but 3 health points. Uh, a one up six up, but of course that six up will stack with shield wall, um, and he's got a handgun. For his BSB, uh, is a Thane, uh, also has a handgun, a shield, uh, the rune of iron, which is the, um, plus one armor, uh, Felix, rune of lightning. Ooh, this, uh, this one is hard. It's, I think it is, I think it's every hit. If you do one hit, then it will trigger the rune of lightning. Either at the same initiative step or at the end, and for every rune of lightning, it's D three strength four hits. Oh, strength three, but that that's pretty good. Oh, strength 
strength three. I'm going to drink now. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> but that's only in combat. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and he's also got the rune of steadiness, Paul. It's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. I don't think I've ever seen this one on any list before. Pass. Ah, drink. So the rune of steadiness gives the bearer's unit quick to fire. Which is one use only, though. One use only, but pretty tasty. Yeah, so the idea is you chuck them into the marksman that we'll come on to, and it gives them, at least if they want to move, you can only take a minus one penalty, not a minus two for one for yeah, one round. Absolutely. Uh, so he And he's got three of those runes of lightning, so if it does get in combat, potentially painful. Um, yeah. He's got two engineers, both with Worm Slayer rockets. So the Worm Slayers are 24 inches, strength six, AP3, multiple wounds, D3, uh, flaming, and they have reload. And of course, as a dwarf engineer, he can entrench a war machine. And I think he's got two war machines in mind, which we'll get to in a wee second. For core, he has 23 uh, clan marksmen with champion standard musician, crossbows, great weapons, and the Felix Runic standard of the hold. Oh, uh, that is the that's the better version of the Legion from the main book. It's uh, you count as having plus one extra rank for steadfast and disruption. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so those crossbows will be giving him a 30 inch bubble of pain. Uh, but he's also got the great weapons if it uh, comes to that. Um, he's also got two smaller units, the, the clan marksmen, but they've just got shields and crossbows. Um, he's got two units of six hold guardians uh, with musician standard. So the hold guardians got a bit of a revamp and they're quite popular just now. So as standard, they, um, they have three health points, offensive and defensive four, strength five, resilience five, three up armor, uh, AP two, agility two. But at the start of the game, which is important, so at the start of the game, depending on what you're playing against, you can choose uh, to have plus one strength, plus one AP, vanguard, or plus two agility. Um, so they're very flexible, uh, and in some matchups in particular, they're very nasty. Uh, they're pretty good at going after other monstrous infantry. Um, so he's got two of them. Uh, one of them has the flaming standard, always useful to have. Um, he's got a unit of 16 rangers with musician crossbows and shields. Uh, so they're scout straight of forest. That's a big chunky unit of them as well. And then to round things off, he's got two organ guns, uh, which I've got no doubt will each have uh, engineer shepherd in them. So a really nasty list. Can't say I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Paul, what have you got in yours to counter that? So, what have I brought? I've got a Sorcerer as my General, Wizard Master with Evocation, Destiny's Call, and the Magical Heirloom. Uh, for Core, 19 Warriors, Full Command, Paired Weapons, Banner of the Relentless Company, and two units of five Fallen. Uh, for Special, three Feldrax, Musicians, uh, Paired Weapons, a uh, couple of units of Warhounds, a uh, couple of units of three-man Forsworn units with Shields and Musician. Two units of Chosen Knights with the uh, Musician, Standard Bearer, and Stalker Standards on both units. Uh, Favour of Pride. A regular Warrior Chariot. And then one unit of ten Knights with Musician, Standard Bearer, Lances, and Stalker Standard. So, I would say... Uh, I, I like your list. Um, it's super fast, super punchy. It's got all the things that are working really well with Warriors just now. Um, and I actually think it's more flexible than Barry's list. Um, particularly with that big unit of knights, uh, which should, if they get in with, without being too molested, um, mm. they should vaporise a lot of stuff. Yeah, they normally prefer well, well on the charge, but that's it. It's the um, it's maintaining the second rank so that you're, you're getting the, those extra ten support and attacks. They make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Felix, what way do you see this going? I think it's quite it's quite similar to. Uh... 
to your game in reverse. You know, it's the kind of thing where Dice is going to play a really big part of it all. You know, Tim is Tim is an experienced you know, dwarves player. He's he's obviously the coach for for Scotland, and he's sort of selflessly testing out a few things for us. No magic, organ guns, full core full of marksmen. It's it's a nice list, but I think one of the things I said to him when, when he said he would take it is it's going to get pretty interesting to see how it handles a combat army pushing at it at full speed. Obviously, Paul has got a little bit less speed than the than, than Barry's Warriors list, um, and he doesn't like the organ guns. But it's the kind of thing where you you can push at it, and uh, if he rolls badly, then you you're into him, and it's and it's game over. Yeah, I think that Paul, obviously, you know, you've taken uh, the units of the three monstrous cavalry. And it's one of those things where, especially against dwarves, if you take three instead of four, if you lose one of those and they go down to two models instead of if you lose one, it goes down to three models. It becomes a lot harder for them to go into, you know, a unit with a king in or uh, you know, the unit with great weapons or hold guardians and stuff like that. So it's. It's going to be a really dicey game. It's, it's, yeah, and fuck that guy. I ain't going anywhere near that fucking king. <laughs> evocate the shit out of that guy. <laughs> hide in the corner like a true warrior. Yeah, just snipe the fuck out of him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, even like the Worm Slayer Rockets, pretty good against monstrous stuff. Yeah, it's it's something that, that no one's really been taking. So I think both Deej and Tim are, are, are testing those out because you know they're nice. They're they're still scary. They're you know strength five or six and D three wounds. They're gonna they're gonna do some damage. Yeah, yeah. I think it just depends on how I want to play this. Do I want to hang back, try and conserve points, and try and lose little, or maybe sneak a win no. if I can, or do I push and go for him and hope he rolls like shit, and then multi charge certain units and try and pick up points that way. I don't know. I've not really studied his list yet. Um, I don't have a great track record against dwarves because dwarves are bullshit. Yeah, but he's a good. I know he's a very good player, so it's going to be tough. But I'm looking forward to it. Like um, Tim was obviously up for our tournament um, last year, and I didn't get a lot of time to actually speak to him. So I'm actually quite looking forward to it from that perspective. I think you have to go for his ball sack. Mm. I think there's no point if you set off. He's just going to take points from you and. I think if you sit off and he doesn't roll well, he wins small. If you sit off and he rolls well, he he would just he's taking units off because you're not posing a threat to him. Um, so I think you do exactly what you've been doing and go for the guts. Um, if you get in and he hasn't done enough damage, then even stuff like the hold guardians they won't stand up. I don't well the, the units are six, but yeah, I need to look at the I need to look at the units. I need to try and look at their their stats and see how they yeah. match up. Those, those whole guardians are, are nasty. So I've yeah. played against I played against Deed with them twice, and both times I've put first time I put in six minotaurs into the front of them, and then the second time I put I think eventually after shooting there were four or four or five minotaurs with like a nine hundred point minotaur lord, and both times the minotaur unit itself just disappeared, and uh, in the second one the minotaur lord sort of saved the day and helped himself out, but they are. They're nasty, they're tough, they're hard to break, and uh, they put out some hurt as well. I think the one thing going for, for Warriors in 2.0 when they come again, up against Dwarves, I think Evocation is a great asset to have, just yeah. simply because you get access to these rerolls. And with some of the Dwarf and special rules um, in the past, that's made the difference. It's just if you have a bad roll, 
and you just you just flub in close combat, then you're you're screwed. But now I think we're having that in your arsenal. I think that can help uh, get around those kind of problems. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I guess it's kind of similar to when I've played against your EOS, Andrew, when you brought organ guns. I never like uh, or volley guns rather. I never yeah. really like facing up against those. So. I think, I mean, this is... approach the same way. Yeah, I said to you this morning, um, I really like Tim's list because I think it does my idea but better because I think the dwarves have just got... I mean, it, it's shed loads of shooting, um, but those hold guardians are really good counterpunch. Uh, and he's also got, like, the great weapons and the marksmen so they can hold their own. I think that organ guns look amazing on paper. Uh, like, all volley guns look amazing on paper. But if you don't roll well or you roll sixes, then their actual average damage goes down substantially. Uh, that's yeah. a huge issue with the, the Empire Volley Gun because you're throwing those three dice, so that chance of getting the six is, uh, is so much more than the uh, the Dwarf one. But um, if he doesn't roll well and you get in his guts, I think you can. You can it's going to go pretty well. Um, but Tim's a good player and it's a nasty list, so if it turns up, it, I think it could be potentially yeah, a very we'll sore. Yeah, I'm giving I'm giving Tim the nod. <laughs> Just I think he's got a lot more experience than I do, so I think that's going to probably tip it towards him if nothing else so i'm going to see tim for that one so i think probably it's, it's the same with paul and tim as it, as it is for, for you andrew and for barry's game it's going to be a case of if paul decides to push and he decides to push hard it will be down to dice and it will just go massive one way or the other and if he decides not to he can sort of stand off and, and try and chip a few points off with magic maybe and it'll be a pretty dull draw so it depends how Paul wants to play but um, <laughs> I would say that I'd probably just give it to Tim because he's either going to win very small if, if Paul stands off or he's either going to have a 50-50 chance of winning big if, if Paul pushes yeah, yeah, I would agree On the upside, if it does go tits up and it's over by turn 3, then I'll have time to check out some other games Yeah, so, so it's good and you'll get to you'll get to play me or Andrew game two. Twenty. Woohoo! Okie dokie. Right. So the next one is uh, John Turner against Alex Thomas. So Felix, do you want to run through John's list? Yeah, sure. So John has got a a Khan Battle Standard Bearer with the Cult Leader Big Name, which will extend the BSB range to eighteen inches. He's got heavy armor and a brace of ogre pistols with Viper's Curse, which is three or maybe four shot uh, that are poisoned using the, the pistol's normal profile, and they always hit on a four plus. So it's nice against skirmishes or things behind cover, stuff like that. There is a shaman who is the general. He's a wizard master on pyromancy with the lightning band braces. He's also got gut roar, a big name, which is a plus one channel and fear. So he channels two. There is a big, nice slab of eight bruisers with full command group and banner discipline. There are two times three bruisers with champion and musician to run around scoring or chapping things up. Three times uh, one kin eaters who are the um, sort of ambushing nasty, unbreakable hatred guys. Three Tusker Cav with great weapons, heavy armor, a musician for some heavy hitting scoring. And then the main sort of crux of the list is three uh, units of six bombardiers with musician. So this list is, is nice. You know, it's a it's a fun list for everyone to run into and hopefully get shot off at. Yeah, it's really, really nasty. So Alex's list, uh, he's bringing Dread Elves. Uh, his general is an oracle with wizard master cosmology. Uh, she will be on a raptor. She's got alchemist alloy and the wandering familiar. So the wandering familiar is really good because it basically um, allows them to redeploy their line of sight. 
for BSB, he's got a captain with fleet commander upgrades, which gives him the innate defense. Uh, he's got heavy armor, shield, uh, basalt infusion, and dust forge, so that's a one-up rerollable. For core, he's got three units of 12 uh, repeater auxiliaries with musicians, two units of 10 repeater auxiliaries with musicians, um, and then he's got three dread reapers, two medusas with halberds, uh, and then the big bad boys of the list are two big fuck-off units of 30 dread judges, full command, and one of them's even got the banner of blood. I think in the right matchups, um, that is a terrible, terrible list to deal with because that list is, those dread judges will munch through so much. Unfortunately for Alex, going up against John, I think John is going to shoot the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean, this, so this list is probably the list that John's going to take to ETC. It was one that one of the New Zealand guys took to ETC last year and we've tweaked it a little bit, but it's essentially built for one purpose and that's for people that don't know who listen to the podcast at the etc you get to do pairings so you can have sort of some choice about what matchups various lists have and this list for john is just built to wreck elves so it's pretty lucky he's been matched into like 60 60 uh nice infantry toughness three elves against all his pyromancy lightning round braces and, and strength four shooting I think, I mean, Alex can get some points for his shooting, but John's just got so much. And then those, um, what you call them, the kin eaters, um, are just going to pop up. And even going into the little auxiliary units, they'll, they'll munch through them. So I think, unfortunately for Alex, I think that, that list has the potential to do well over the course of the, the tournament. But that round one is going to be an uphill struggle for him. What's, what's the range on the bombardiers? 24. 24, yeah. So same as crossbows. But they can move They can move and shoot, I think, without penalty. Yeah. I think they have the 30-inch threat range. But they have the D6 shots. So John's yeah. running them in six-man units. So that's like 27 shots on average. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it's, it's so nasty. So uh, it's just... <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's going to be a really tough... Tough match for Alex. Um, however, on the positive side, um, if it does go really badly for him, uh, then he can submarine with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so what do you think, Paul? Who has the nudge? I guess it depends. I mean, if Alex goes into this matchup and he's thinking to himself, fuck that, and he's just going to hang back, then I don't know. The only thing long range threat he's got are the, are the Dread Reapers, right? I mean, 48. Yeah. They're 48 range. I mean, if John just decides, right, I'm just going to march up and I'm going to shoot shit out of them and I'm just going to hide the Tusker so he can't pick on them and then the Dread Reapers are kind of wasted. I mean, the Dread Reapers could potentially do a lot of damage to the, the Bombardiers. I think the issue is, is that John's just got too many of them. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, And then in combat, what's he got? He's got the big Bruiser Brick. That's not going to be fighting this game. And if it is, it's not going to be fighting those Dread Judges. No, definitely not. Are Ogres standard size? No, they're large. Right, okay. So the dread judges aren't getting their multi-wound bonus against him. I know, because it's standard, yeah. standard. Yeah. yeah, I think on paper then, just the ogres, but I guess it just depends. I mean, in shooting heavy lists, like, I mean, when we've played games, you've not been too happy when you get the table and you think, shit, there's just way too much terrain on the table. Yeah, that's that true. Might, that um, might fuck with you shooting a little bit. I think, uh, particularly the bombardiers, they're just so mobile as well, though. Yeah. Um, but John's list can redeploy... To, at a level which mine can't so uh, and pyro as well like something like the um the enveloping embers if that goes yeah. off once <clears throat> on one of those dread judge units then that's going to take you know at least 10 guys off yeah i mean they're big point sinks they're like they're roughly 800 points each 
yeah, I just think that's going to be a really tough game for Alex. But it depends how he goes for it. If he goes for the guts and John's dice don't turn up, then potentially he could get some points. But I just think John's got too much shooting, too much magic, that I think it's going to be a sore, sore first round for poor Alex. Okay, cool. So we're going with John for that one? Yeah, Felix, you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think that Alex has got a lot of drops, so he can out-deploy John. Um, and if he, if he out-deploys him and puts both units of the Dread Judges maybe on one flank and tries to sweep them round, then, you know, he might have a chance. But John's got those three ambushing kin eaters who are going to come on and eat the Dread Reapers and harass the repeater auxiliaries. Uh, and the list is built to destroy elves. It's, it's, a, it's a horrible matchup for Alex. I think it, it probably has to be given to John. Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. so that's us halfway. So the next game was Deej against Henrik, which has the potential to be pretty spicy, actually. Yeah, I think it'd be a very cool game. Right, Felix, you want to take this one and we can play another game of Dwarven Rune Drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, right. So, so Deej has got uh, two engineers, both with shields and worm slayer rockets. One of the engineers is General. He's got the Anvil of Power. And he has got a Dragon Seeker with Monster Seeker, which, do you want me to say what it is, or do you want to try and guess what it is? Uh, Monster Seeker is multiple wounds against large and gigantic? Yes, it is. I think it's multiple wounds too. Okay. Uh, Rune of Fury, which we've already had as a plus one attack. And Paul, what is Rune of Might? Rune of Might is Strength and AP plus one. Strength and AP. Perfect. So he's also got a Thane. So that Dragon Seeker is, um, he's got, those are enchanting the paired weapons, which it should say on here. So he's got something ridiculous like eight strength, five attack with a lethal strike, multiple wounds, two against large and gigantic. And he also can't wound on less than a four plus. So he takes monsters and even most characters uh, apart pretty nicely. Uh, then he's got the pretty much the exact same thing that, that Tim does, the thing, the BSB shield, two runes of iron, three runes of lightning, two units of ten marksmen, shields and musicians, 28 greybeards with full command, great weapons and shields, six whole guardians, full command, standard behold, which I think we've already done, ten miners throwing weapons, shield and musician, ten seekers, Champ, Musician, Skirmish, and Vanguard, a cannon, two Vengeance Seekers, and two Rune-Crafted Ballistas. It's a very cool list. It's a very cool list. This is this is a list that we've been throwing around for a while, and it's the first time we're trying the, the sort of artillery setup for this. So the whole point is, is that you've got the two Engineers who have got a Strength 6 D3 Wounds shot, and then they can give plus one to hit to the runecrafted ballistas that have accurate. So from the start of the game, they should be hitting on a three plus, which is pretty, it's pretty frightening you know, for lists, lists like Pauls or you know, even lists you know, with arcane engines, stuff like that. Um, and then you've also got the cannon. So as long as you keep that close to one or both of the engineers, you know, there is the potential that you get that cannon hitting on a two plus when something big comes into range because you get the three from the, engineer and then the plus one for towering presence or gigantic or whatever it is now so it's kind of taken a bit of the randomness out of the war machines or trying to at least yeah i like it okay so henrik um i'll do this one yeah yeah go for it so general's the shaman with gut roader he's got the iron fist light armor he's rocking shamanism he's a wizard master with the rod of battle and talisman of the void his bsb is a can with 
brace of over pistols, he's got heavy armor and paired weapons. He's got the Troll Eater big name with Banner of Speed, Lucky Charm, and Supernatural Dexterity. There's a Mammoth Hunter with plus one armor, a Hunting Spear, Iron Fist. He's got the Vanguard upgrade, Dragonfire Gem, and the Wrestler's Belt. He's got two three-man units of Bruisers, a big unit of 11 Tribesmen with Iron Fists. They've got Champ, Musician, and Standard with the Pennant of the Great Grass Sky, which gives Swift Stride. Ken Eater, three Tusker Cav, Heavy Armor, Champ, Standard Bearer with the Banner of Speed. One Thunder Cannon, Slave Giant with the Great Weapon, two units of two Yetis, and three Sabretooth Tigers. Mm. What do you think? Spicy. I think DG's list is quite good for multi-wound stuff, so if his dice are hot and his shooting phase, he could cause Henrik a lot of pain. Uh, but Henrik's list is really designed just to, to charge up, um, with just the, the cannon firing off. Uh, I really like Yetis, I really rate them. I think they're really good. The Slave Giant with the 18-inch bubble for Musician is is really good. Um, maybe not against DG's list, though, because DG will quite happily just not try and outmaneuver him and just let him come to him. Yeah, I think like it's becoming a bit of a trend that if Henrik can get to, to Deej, then I think the only thing he really needs to worry about is the whole Guardians. Um, but it's whether he gets there or not. Yeah, I mean, Henrik does play Dwarves. He does, so... he knows the book, yeah. He knows the book, so he should be pretty comfortable from that perspective. He'll know what he's going up against. This seems quite similar to the list that he used when I played him. It's quite versatile. Tusker Cav with the Banner of Speed are pretty scary, because that's quite a long charge range they've got. They can hang back and they can still get into combat. And on the charge, they... I mean, unfortunately for Henrik, anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of playing Henrik, Henrik has <laughs> some of the shittest dice... I've ever seen or heard of anyone actually having. Yeah. If he comes to this tournament with those bloody yellow dice, I'm going to be disappointed because I think there's been multiple conversations about those dice. Yeah. Did you not buy him dice? I did. I bought him new dice because I've played him. I played him at Strife and I played him at Siege, and both times I played him, his dice were fucking awful. So after Siege, I said to him, "I'm going to buy you some new dice," and apparently they're just as bad. So he mixes them together just to really get all those shit juices flowing. Although having said that. He played Monroe a few weeks ago, and his dice were the hottest they've ever been. He was just getting everything. So that's him knackered. He's not going to have good dice now for another like yeah, six months. Peaked too early. I think he's he's due some luck though. So this would be a really good time against them. Felix, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a tough one. I think so. I had someone helping me check the all the lists were correct, and obviously lots of them were just not correct. But uh, when they saw Henrik's list, they their description of it was that it's an eighth edition list. And I think I probably agree with that. It's got a real spread of of lots of different things, but it doesn't seem to have sort of like a central theme. It's a bit of a jack of all trades and master of none. Yeah. And I think that when it when it faces off against an army list that has, is more honed to a single purpose, like David's is, and like a few of the other lists, that, you know, in in the event are, I think I think it might struggle just because it won't do. It won't do one thing very, very well. Like it won't just do combat very well, or it won't be able to go toe to toe with the shooting. So I think he'll he'll end up pushing up. He'll end up pushing up at David pretty hard because I think that's the only way that he's going to be able to sort of get anything out of it. But he's got a lot of points in in that Thunder Cannon and the Yetis and the the Saber Tooth Tiger and uh, you know the sort of the solo Mammoth Hunter. So I'm not sure if he's going to have enough really hard-hitting stuff once he gets to him to, to, to really do much damage to the dwarves. Yep, I think that's all fair. Okay, so where are you putting your money, Andrew? Um, I'd probably say Deej, because I think he's got a lot of 
tools to deal with it. But I really hope Henrik Henrik deserves some luck this tournament. So <laughs> I, I like DJ and Henrik; they're both great guys. But Henrik deserves something off the gods. So <laughs> I'd love to see Henrik come to the tournament and roll average. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Deej probably has the the nudge on this one. Uh, yeah, I think Deej has probably got the edge here. Cool. Not to be condescending, but I'm going to give to Henrik just because I know he plays dwarves. So I'm hoping that that knowledge will help him. There's definitely a fair point. You know, if he's got that insider knowledge, he'll he might know where the weak points of the list are to to aim for. Absolutely. Okay. So moving on. Matchup number eight was. Uh, the one and only Gath Barn against the one and only Guillermo, aka Spanish Stallion. <laughs> I would actually just love to watch this game <laughs> because Guillermo only knows how to play one way, and that's hyper aggressive. And I think Gareth has a lot of tools to to deal with hyper aggressive Saurian lists. Um, so I would just love to watch for Guillermo's commentary, but I, I fear <laughs> I fear I'll have uh, a lot on my plate, so I may not I may miss it. <laughs> Maybe so we can uh, live stream that one. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's definitely one for the tour. So Gareth's list is nice and easy. Okay, so Gareth's bringing um, his trusty Undying Dynasties. He's going for a Terracotta army. So he's got a Deathcult Hierarch on a horse. He's his Hierophant. Uh, he's a Wizard Master with Evocation. He's got the Soul Conduit, uh, Talisman of the Void, and Secret Hourglass. He's got a Pharaoh on a Chariot, who is his general, um, who is the leader of the Terracotta army. He has a great Aspen bow, a great weapon, light armor, Destiny's Call, and the Kingslayer. So pretty tidy. Got another Pharaoh who's on another chariot with a great Aspen bow, heavy armor, Death Cheater, and the Scourge of Kings. And then he has two four man Skelly Bob chariots. And Skelly Bob is their official title, according to Gareth. <laughs> it absolutely is. So they have Champion Musician Standard, and they're the Legion Charioteers. And then he has uh, a 10 man unit of. Skellington, as an SK, Skellington Cavalry <laughs> with Musician, um, who, whose only purpose in the game is to keep that hierarch safe. Um, he's got an eight unit, an eight man unit of Shabti with uh, Musician paired weapons, which are just solid. And then he took the gamble, did Gareth. Um, he went for two Dread Sphinxes, uh, so they're the big bad battle cats that are really geared towards uh, monster hunting. And against Guillermo, I think that's probably a good call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's one of the only lists where it might actually be a good call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I'm sure, again, I will be very happy that you matched him into that, Paul. Awesome. I've got a question. If you're on a chariot, are you large or standard? Large. Can you have Destiny's Call on a chariot? You don't have to be standard size. Oh. Uh, that's, a very good, that's a very good question. Oh, uh, Gareth's at it again. <laughs> he sees it already. Let me have a look what he originally sent. So I thought he sent over Death Cheater. Did it say... Uh, Destiny's Death- Call. Yep, standard size. Let's see. Destiny's Call. Let me see what he sent on the uh, on the list. Here we go. This is going to be a drama live. Yeah, he's put Destiny's Call in. Oh, dear. Shame. We're live on... We're already taking a massive list penalty because it's... So... We'll see. We'll see what happens there. I only know that because I fucked up and I did that before. Uh, I'm glad, I'm sure he'll be really happy. You called him out now, so at least you can try and change it. Yeah, that's cool. So, Paul, do you want to go through um, the Spanish stallions list? So, Guillermo has a skink priest on Palaquin as his general. He's a wizard adept with druidism, light armor, the sun tablet, and magical heirloom. He's got a Sorin veteran on Raptor, who's the BSB. He's got lance, shield, supernatural dexterity. 
and the Stalker Standard. 24 Saurian Warriors with Musician, Standard Bearer, Spears and the Banner of Discipline. Two units of 17 Skink Braves with Musicians and Poison Javelins. Big unit of nine Raptor Riders with Musician, Standard Bearer, Lances and the Totem of Mixoatl. Eight Chameleons, a Stygiosaur. One Taurosaur with Engine of Ancients and a Taurosaur with Giant Blowpipes. And two units of two Weapon Beasts, which are Spearbacks. Hmm. I think this has been a, a list in the making for a while. I think Guillermo's been trying a lot of different things. To me, I can see things that he's been running since day one that he's tweaked and he's improved upon, and then he's obviously brought in other things. Um, he was running a Coatl for a long time, but I think he prefers the Skate Priest now just for points. Uh, it's a little bit less risky. You I like the big uh, unit of Raptors. Yeah. Um, that was something because cool. before Siege, I remember I was trying to convince him to take the uh, the Raptors, and I think because they got slightly better as well with the yeah. 2.0, that they're just really tasty now. Um, and just having the Stalker standard in there just makes them really versatile. They can basically just go where they want. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's the same kind of idea that I had with the the Nightly Orders. Yeah, he's, he's got his Scarvet in there, so I mean, in theory, wherever they hit, they should really hurt. But that comes with all the issues that the that unit had for me, and that if it gets targeted, um, there's only so much that your armor can ping off. So, it's yeah, a, it's a lot of points. I mean, exactly. It's, yeah, it's going to be 1,200 points if he loses that unit because his BSB's in there because of the bonus. Yeah, um, Felix, what do you think of this one? I really like his list. I have to say, I do. I I think that not taking a, a Quattle in sort of an ancient is is missing a trick. I just think, yeah, it's a load of points, but those things are crazy strong and can just dictate a game from the magic phase really easily and i like i mean i like the the saurian warriors i think they're very cool i think that if you give them spears and you give them the um the fighting extra rank and extra agility banner yeah serpent they become really really scary um but i think the list itself is solid it's scary you know it, the taurosaurs are going to give give a nice bubble of protection to, to everything when he faces shooting armies. And, you know, both torsos are hard to deal with for, for, for most armies. I think the fact that he's been drawn against someone with no shooting and with two massive flying things that love killing torsos doesn't help him for yeah. this game. But I think his list in general is solid. The, the Raptor Riders are always a tough one. I really rate him in units of six, uh, you know, just as a sort of, a sort of bit more throwaway down one flank scoring unit because they haven't got high agility so they can struggle against elves especially when they charge in and they get they lose loads of people before they get to swing but the, the list itself is sub it's got it's got lots of cool toys lots of cool tools and i think that in against many of the other lists just potentially not this one garris list he'll do very well yeah i mean i think gareth has the tools to uh, to pick Guillermo's list apart, but um, I mean, I don't think this is going to be one of the games where it's a, a definite because I think Gareth still needs things to go right. He needs those battle cats to do their job. Um, he needs the charges on those uh, the chariots because I'm guessing the chariots are going to go for stuff like the stegosaurs or you know the smaller units. So I think Gareth still needs stuff to go his way, but I think definitely list on list, um, he's got the tools that he needs to to cause G some pain. Yeah, I think um, depending on the matchups with units, certain units on units, the druidism could come in really handy for Guillermo. Yep. 
especially if he wants if he if uh, Gareth gets the Sphinx into the targets that he wants, if he can buff up toughness and then you know somehow get a flank charge or something just to hold it in place, then that could be potentially quite nasty. I think if Gareth gets those cats in, it's not looking good for G. Um, I think Guillermo needs to be targeting them. Um, I mean, there's so many points as well. They're 500 points each. Um, if he gets even these weapon beasts, just hunt, yeah. for, hunt for sixes. Just go for it. Um, get his chameleon skinks firing at them with the poison shots. Because they've only got five wounds. Mm. I mean, the the resilience eight, so they're a complete nightmare once they get in. But uh, in terms of light arm shooting, they're they're actually quite susceptible to that. Okay, guys. So, what do you think? Who has the edge? I'd go Gareth just simply on experience, but I think you're right with regards to certain things having to go his way. I think Guillermo's list is still very good, and if he gets the matchups that he wants, and especially getting charges off and stuff, then I think it will still be quite a close game. Okay, Felix? Yeah, I think, so if you hadn't told me that Guillermo was a bit of a nutcase and was just going to push everything forward, (laughs) (laughs) I think that Guillermo's list itself is quite similar to, it's quite similar to Stephen Dorning's Empire list. It can be played quite safely and sort of conservatively and and pick up small wins and then sort of, you know, get get 11, 12, 13 points every game. But if he's going to be a lunatic and push forward at Gareth with his flying kitties of death, then... I think that will probably have the edge on him. So, G, don't do it, right? You listen. <laughs> Play the game. <laughs> okay, so we're giving G the Gareth the, the nudge there. All right. Yeah. Okay, so we're almost there. Um, the next matchup was uh, Mel against Chris Bond. Cool. So Mel has uh, Sovereign Elves. So I'll run through this. Sure. So for his general, Mel has Chieftain with... Pathfinder Longbow, and that's it. Two, two, five points. Very cheap. For BSB, he has another Chieftain with Pathfinder Light Armor, Shield, Longbow, and the Bow of Wiscan. He's got a Druid with Cosmology, with Wizardmaster, a Longbow, and Crystal Ball. In Core, he's got three units of eight Dryads, two units of nine Heath Riders, and in Special, he's got two Forest Eagles, two units of six Kestrel Knights with Full Command, Shield, and Banner of the Silent Mist. And two units of ten Pathfinders. Small, quite compact army. Yep. Um, for Chris, uh, Felix, you want to take this one? Sure, let me just get up to the ID. So, Chris uh, Chris is a pretty experienced Infernal Dwarf player, so I, I think his list is, reflects that. He's got a, a Prophet on Temple Lamassu, General Wizard Master on Pyromancy Alchemy, uh, essence of a free mind, so you can choose between the two. Basalt infusion, crystal ball, which is that really cool sort of redone magic item that gives you plus one to this spell. Uh, in the infernal weapon and a shield, uh, he's got a vizier on a bull of shamut. Who is your BSB? He's got dragon staff, ghostly guard, talisman of shielding, infernal weapon and a shield. He's got another Vizier with Willow's Ward, Mask of the Furnace, Dragonfire Gem, Infernal Weapon, and Shield. He's got three tens of Citadel Guard, with Sentinel Axes, Shield, and Musicians, 29 Hobgoblins, Shields, and Champion, 23 Immortals, Full Command, Infernal Weapons, and Shields, two uh, Gunnery Teams with Flamethrowers, and two units of three Flying Kidim Incarnates. Very solid. Very solid. So, Felix, let's start with you on this one. What do you think? 
it's uh, it's I think it's a really really cool matchup actually. I think that Chris's list is interesting in that it has those two flying characters. So against lots of the lists, you know, lots of ones we've already gone through, he could have a pretty scary day at the office because that general who is also your wizard is on a flying creature and there's loads of bolt throwers and cannons and God knows what else around. But against Mel, I think it it's not too terrible you know he's got pyromancy and uh, the the sort of the beauty with Mel's list is that he's got those two sixes of kestrel knights and they are super fast they can get around the edges of things and they've also got the banner of mist so they're hard to shoot now chris doesn't really care about that because he's got pyromancy that ignores the banner of mist and he's also got his own two flyers who can sort of counter wherever those six kestrel knights go and be relatively sort of happy that they're going to be able to take him in a fight uh, or at least sort of give him a good go. So I think it's it's a pretty it's going to be a pretty close one here. Paul, do you have any thoughts on this one? I'm not sure. Sylvan elves are quite I mean if you catch them they're fucked. Just catch them is the problem. <laughs> that yeah, I'm looking at his list and he's going to be so quick. I mean Heath Riders, are they movement 10? Movement Nine. 10. Yeah. Or are they 10? Oh, they're nine, I think it might be 9, you're right. And there's light troops too. Yeah. And then the eagles. Yeah. Ridiculous, yeah. Uh, Pathfinders, what kind of AP do they do? AP 3? Yeah, yeah, 2 or yeah. 3. So, I mean, and they scout, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. They're scout and skirmish. And they're the ones that um, they can, like, they hit on 0 plus bullshit, or they can get the, oh, it's like plus 1 uh, hit or plus 1 at wound or something like that. On my show notes, under Pathfinders, I just wrote some elf bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think it depends. I think Mel's list, he can stay away from him, and he can just not engage if he doesn't think that he's going to have the edge. Yeah, I mean, Mel is renowned um, for being, you know, the avoidance player. I think him and Mike have got, like... Yeah, absolutely. They just they do it so well. Um, and this list... It's just so well suited to Mel's playstyle, I think. I'm not convinced about the Kestrel Knights, but Mel knows the book a lot better than me, and I know in the, the Scotland chat he's been really eager to get them out into the table. So if Mel plays like Mel plays, um, I think it's going to be really hard for Chris because I think he would just stay away from him. He will take the points where he can. Um, and he's got enough bow shots to just put pressure on those flyers. So, yeah, I think I would I would give the nudge to, to Mel. Cool. Does Chris... Does he played in a lot of tournaments? I obviously don't know Chris. What's his kind of gaming background? Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris plays in quite a few tournaments. So he, he knows his book. He knows Infernal Dwarves a lot. He just plays Infernal Dwarves. And he also knows Mel well enough to make sure that Mel plays fast and they get to the end of all of their turns. <laughs> and it's notoriously bad at doing. Not because he's sort of like a, a malicious player. He's just like the kind of guy that slow plays life. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think that will definitely help game one and also uh, there are some I hear that the TO is a bit of an arsehole and there's some pretty strict uh, time penalties being enforced as well yeah I heard uh, that like the TO just comes around and flicks you in the ball sack I don't know if that's a, uh, yeah, I think it just, he sweeps your table off your army off the table onto the floor and I sit I'm like sorry you can't play anymore done and then flicks you in the ball sack just to add that <laughs> <laughs> okay so Felix who gets the nod I think Mel's playing in a, sort of a new list. I mean, we want to test. We want to test out those two units of Kestrels. But I think, like you say, if he if he's on his A game and he plays like Mel and he 
he avoids when he needs to avoid and he sort of waits his time and he, and he takes his shot when it's ready, then I think Mel, Mel will take it. Paul, what do you think? Um, I hate Sylvan Elves, so I'm going to go Infernal Dwarves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the kind of, you know, like really in-depth analysis you get on Mad Get Radio. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just pure bias yeah. and prejudice. What do you think? Uh, I think Mel. Um, I just think that you can stay away from him. If, if Mel cocks up a movement phase, then he's going to lose a lot of points. So, I'll wait and see. I think probably Mel, though. Cool. Right, next one. Right, so I'll, I'll run through Jack's list. Jack is uh, joining us for the weekend, which is lovely to have him up, uh, because he wasn't sure if he was going to make it. But we are pleased to see that he is. So, his general is a vampire count with Lamia. Uh, she has the commandment uh, blood power. She's the general. Uh, she's got dead her eyes, heavy armor, shield, uh, legend of the Black King, which is the uh, plus one armor for Abagis. Uh, she's got Willow's Ward. She's an adept, and she's got witchcraft. So pretty tasty, um, really nice. Um, he's also got a barrel guard for his BSB uh, with uh, the hypnotic pendant, which I can't actually remember what that does. I'll need to check that up after. It's distracting for the person carrying it, and it gives parry to the unit. Ah, yeah, cool. Um, so that's Tullian's teeth essentially, isn't it? They just changed it. Then he's got Necromancer Adept with Evocation and the Necromantic Staff. Um, he's got 40 Skeletons with Halberds Full Command and the Legion Standard. And he's got 39 Skeletons with uh, Shields uh, Full Command and the Legion Standard. He's got two Cadaver Wagons, which is an interesting choice. Um, and then he's got the, the Meat and Bones, which is 30 Barrel Guard with Full Command, the Black Standard of Zagrod, um, great weapons, and then he's got two shrieking horrors. I know you were saying beforehand, Felix, that how did he get all this in one list? But uh, he's managed. That is going to fill a table. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean when we go when we go through the lists after the the, the next player, it's, we'll go through it. But I, I, it's one of my favourite lists at the event, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, who is he up against? He's up against Martin. Paul, do you want to go that? Have you got that at hand? Yeah. Yeah, I've got that. So, Martin has a druid for his general, with Wizardmaster, Cosmology, he has a Sylvan Longbow, the Magical Heirloom, and Lifeseed Feathers. He also has a Chieftain as his BSB, he's got the Forest Guardian, he's got Light Armor, a Shield, the Elven Cloak, Spear, and Hunter's Honor. He has a druid, which is a Wizard Adept with Shamanism. For core, he's got 24 Dryads, 11 Sylvan Archers, and 26 Forest Guard with Full Command and the Rending Banner. Special, he's got a Forest Eagle, a unit of six Thicket Beasts, three Kestrel Knights, Tree Father, nine Sylvan Sentinels, and two units of eight Pathfinders. What do you think, Felix? Yeah, I mean, I think I think both of the lists are, lists are pretty cool. I like Martin's list a lot. I think that it's got the standard three units of special shooting for Sylvan Elms, but it's also got some pretty decent combat threats. It's it's one of those sort of combined arms lists that I think if it comes up against the right opposition, it's got a lot of different tools and it could do it could do very well. What what do you guys think about the, about his list? I like it. Yeah, I played Martin a couple of weeks ago, not with this list. I think he's changed it a little bit. I don't think he had the Tree Father when I played him, and he had some uh, of the kind of magical fast cav guys. Uh, so he's taking yeah. them out. I like the Thicket Beasts. They're a really good anvil. The Sentinels and the Pathfinders are really good. I really hate their units just because they do really well against high armor targets. I like it. I went through this list kind of in detail and then I was looking at it on paper and 
I think he does have a lot of options with the list. Um, he's got good magical support. Cosmology is a great lore. I don't really know about uh, Jax, because like I say, I've never played against VC, but I know Shrieking Horrors are a nightmare. Barrow Guard are nasty to deal with. There's a lot of bodies to get through, so yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to just give Jack the nod, just because experience. I mean, it's not a particularly fast army. I mean, he's got the Horrors. What's their movement? Seven? 816. I think so, yeah. What do you think? I don't think Martin's going to... Like, Jack's list is like, you know what it's going to do. Um, I think Barrow Guard are in the same bracket as Imperial Guard, and they're just boring as fuck. But they do their job really well. Um, and I don't... Martin's list isn't as mobile as something like Mel's, so I don't think he can dance around them. Because he's mm-hmm. got stuff like the... Ah, the, um, oh, the giant... Bush, the bushes, yeah, the thicker beast. Um, and even his, his forest guard block so I think he's going to lose points to uh, stuff like that and he's not got enough shooting to take that big unit off but if he dances around uh, the big unit and he takes stuff like the shrieking horrors are, are points that he could take there Yeah. Um, but uh, I think he, he Martin needs to be on top of his game um, and even if he's on top of his game I think he's looking at a, a minor <laughs> win if he can pull it off but I think um, Jack's probably got the edge because I don't think Jack has to work as hard to get something out of that game. What do you think, Felix? So I think so. Jack's list is, I think it's probably my favourite of the whole event. It's it's a weird one that it. I think the reason I like it is it reminds me a lot of a of an empire list. You've got three massive slabs of uh, of infantry in the in the two skellies and the barrow guard. Then you've got those cadaver wagons who give everything plus one regen within six inches. So realistically, if you position them properly, all three of those units can have a five-up regen. And then you've got the the vampire itself, which gives whichever unit it's in offensive and defensive skill six. And then you've got the Barrow King, who gives whatever unit it's in parry. Um, so if they say if you chuck them all into the Barrow Guard, They've got offensive and defensive skill six, great weapons, plus one to hit, five up regen, and parry. And that unit is, that's frightening. You know? That's yeah. over 2,000 points in one place. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But yeah. I mean, then at the same time, you know, you can, you can spread them out. So you can give, you know, you can give the, um, the shield skeletons the defensive skill six so that with parry they got up to defensive skill seven. You can have the the skeletons with halberds. You can have the Barrow King in there, so he gives the halberds parry, so they still get parry even with the halberds. Yeah. You know, and then the the Barrow guys are still plus one to hit, great weapons, and then all of them have got five up regen. So it's a kind of if he if Jack plays this well and he just creates a long line of infantry anchored with shrieking horrors on the corners, he should be able to sort of trap Martin into a corner and sort of net him up and make sure he can kind of. Give, put put the squeeze on turns four and fives. Yeah, I agree with that. We're thinking Jack for that one. I think so. Yeah. Right. So next one. Penultimate matchup. We've got Kieran with his Vermin Swarm up against Andy Kewin with his Gen Elves. Not Gen Elves. Dwarvenholt. <laughs> um, can I go through Kieran's list? Yeah, you're really excited by this, aren't you? Um, I really like Kieran's list. It's my favourite. Would you be saying that if you were playing on turn one? Uh, no, one? I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, because like, like I said earlier, like I had three lists that I really just do not want to play: uh, the two warriors lists uh, and Kieran. So no doubt they will be all three of my day one games. <laughs> I just I think it's a really well written list. 
Um, I think it can take on a lot. Um, and I think he's thought about a lot of things. It can really just handle so many threats. Um, so his generals, he's gone for a vermin demon. So the vermin demon is, it's got a bit of love recently. So he's got that as his general. We'll talk about him in a wee bit. Uh, for BSB, he's gone cheap and cheerful with just a, a chief with the crystal ball. Um, the crystal ball gives you the plus one to spell against the selected wizard, which is really nice. And talisman of the void for that extra channel. Um, he's also got a plague pendulum. Uh, with a plague patriarch on top, uh, who's an apprentice with occultism, um, and he's also got a hero's heart on him. For core, he's got two units of ten foot pads uh, who are just mobile scoring. Uh, he's got twenty man unit of vermin guard with the lightning rod, which is the most fucking annoying item in the game. <laughs> uh, he's got thirty plague brotherhoods with full command, uh, twenty giant rats uh, for just chaff, um, a globe launcher, a lightning cannon. Two four-man units of Thunderhawks uh, with a champion with a Nathathor and two rotary guns. I really, really like this list. I think it's really well written and I think it will do very well. Cool. He is up against Andy Cowan, who has Dwarven Holds. So will I read out this and then you guys can play the drinking game? Sure. Welcome to the final round of the Dwarven <laughs> drinking game. <laughs> okay, so Andy has a king on shield bearers. Uh, who's the general, he's got a great weapon a rune of iron, which I've gone through and he has three runes of shielding which, how we, do you, do you know what those are Andy? Are uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're the Aegis save yeah, okay, so nice and easy to start us off uh, he's got a thane for the BSB he's got shield, hold stone and two runes of iron and a rune of shielding uh, a runic smith with three battle runes, shield rune of iron, rune of shielding and ruin of devouring, what does that do Felix? Oh, that's the arcane rune. It's it 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 it's the one that you can use. It's one use only. It's like a dispel scroll, but you don't make a dispel attempt, and instead it goes off, but you can't cast a spell again. I think. Nice. Nice. We also have uh, an engineer with a shield and pistol, an anvil of power, dragon seeker, monster seeker, rune of quickening, and two runes of lightning. Corey's got a big group of 30 clan warriors, full command with spears and shields, banner of speeds, a 15-man greybeard unit with shields, 10 clan marksmen with musician shields and guild-crafted handguns, 17 deep watch, full command, the runic standard of the anvil. What does that do, Andrew? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's got something to do with combat. Yeah. <laughs> but, nah. Right, drink. Okay. Done pretty well, though, so far. I think only you and me have got one wrong. I think Felix is the only one that's got written. Oh, well, that, that's okay. That that holds the form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the runic standard of the anvil, basically, friendly units. Yeah. It's charges or something. Friendly unit, it? it's charging. Yeah. Enemy units, yeah. Uh, Reroll fail ages. Okay. So, pretty good for dwarves. We still be legs. 11 seekers, champion, skirmish, vanguard. A steam bomber, an organ gun, which is runecrafted, obviously, and two vengeance seekers. And that's Andy's list. So Andy's pretty solid with the old dwarves. He knows them pretty well. It's his kind of go-to army. Yeah. Um, Andy's list actually really surprised me. Because um, I think this is the first dwarf list that Andy's written that doesn't actually impress me all that much. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I know I sound like a dick saying that. But I just think it's very vanilla. I don't really get it, if I'm totally honest. Like, 
The king's tanky, but he could be tankier. I mean, he's quite killier, but he could be killier. That goes all the way through the list. He's gone for very general when... I don't know if that that was the right call. But, I mean, Andy is a really good player. Um, like He knows the dwarf book inside out, and he's always insanely consistent when it comes to tournament performances. So I, I would be really wary to write him off, but this is generally the first list that I've seen him play where I'm just like, uh, that's not, it doesn't scare me. Where a lot of the time his lists do scare me a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough one. I think when, so when I was going through, when I was going through the lists, the, the sort of the thing I wrote about this was I was saying, like you said, it's, it's a combined arms list. It's very sort of general. It doesn't seem to do anything exceptionally well. I think the real thing he's going to struggle with, especially against Kieran's list, is he hasn't got any any ranged reach that is uh, more than 30 inches. And so it's very hard to convince armies to come within 30 inches of the, you know, for the organ gun and for the, the um, what are they called, the guys with the handguns, if you don't have anything to sort of force them onto, if you haven't got like a cannon or a bolt throw or something else that means you can push them forward. Like when I looked at this, it looked to me like if you, if he lost the organ gun and the engineer sort of 450 points that he could have pumped into the deep watch. And then that deep watch becomes 30 deep watch, which starts looking a lot scarier. And then you can start pushing at things hard. Yeah. I mean, Andrew does play against uh, Vermisworm a lot. He does. So, I mean, that that's a massive advantage that he'll have, that you'll know a lot of uh, Kieran's tricks. And, there, I mean, Kieran's list does have a lot of tricks in it as well. There's a lot of stuff that you look at and it's not very impressive, but it's got all these inner roles and synergies, uh, which is one of the reasons I really like it. Um, yeah, I like the Vermin Demon. I think he's cool. He's so versatile. I mean, he's got a massive target painted on his head because he's only a 5-up, five 5-up. Five um, he has got he gets the 4-up the, the pages against magic attacks, but... Yeah. I mean, if Andy had taken even the list that he took to Midlands with some more artillery and a much more kind of defensive list, then I think it, it swings in Andy's favour. But I just don't think he has the right tools in this matchup. I would get, I would put my money on Kieran. But yeah, I think it's going to be tough. But I think Kieran probably has the edge. Okay, are you going that way as well, Felix? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that Andy's list is a bad list. You know, I just think I think that Kieran's list is a very good list. He's got things to deal with armor. He's got things to deal with multiple wounds. He's got the vermin demon and the plague pendulum that can kind of deal with lots of things that come towards him. He's just got a lot of answers for a lot of things. And also, he's played he's played vermin swarm for a, a long, long time, so he knows what he's he's doing. I think with this list and a, and a decent draw, he could make a, a real push for the podium at the event. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Me having said all that. Um, after I get beat off Barry and Paul, um, I'll probably end up playing Andy at some point and he'll beat me. So, it's like... <laughs> so uh, last matchup. Last one we got there. So we have Alex uh, up against Nick. Yeah, I want to know, um, is, is Alex borrowing Jack's army? Is that what it is? I don't know. I think he might be using the stuff he had last year for UD, ah, which right, is okay. like multi-purpose dead dudes. But he's he's playing the list that's been shamelessly stolen from I think <laughs> guys played it. It might even have been Barry who played it a, a month or two ago. Um, we've we've stolen it and we've obviously made it a lot better, but it's still been stolen. Do you want me to run through? Or Felix, you want to run through that one? Uh, yeah, sure. It's a nice it's a nice uh, small one. 
he has got a vampire count who's his general. It's uh, it's got ghoul lord. Um, he's got halberd shamanism. He's a wizard adept, so two spells on shamanism, and he's got the Strigoi bloodline. He's got the hypnotic pendant, which is distracting for him and parry for the unit. So he goes in the ghouls and gives them parry, and uh, he's got touch of greatness on his halberd. So he's uh, I think he's strength seven on his halberd, but he strikes at agility eight or nine. It's absolutely petrifying. Um, he's got uh, another vampire count with a great weapon. He's also a wizard adept, so two spells on shamanism. He's on a Strigoi bloodline as well, and he's got the unholy tome, which uh, is the bound version of uh, the movement spell from evocation. He has got a vampire courtier, who's his BSB. The BSB has got the rending banner. Uh, and the bestial bolt upgrade, so he turns into a 40 by 40 mil large infantry character. He is a wizard apprentice with one spell on shamanism, also Strigoi, and has a great weapon. He uh, sits inside one of two units of eight ghasts. When he sits inside them, he also gives that unit he's inside scoring, which is quite nice. Then there's 40 ghouls, champion and vanguard, uh, 25 zombies and the musician, which uh, babysits a cadaver wagon inside, and then he's got three pieces of chaff in five direwolves. Very nice. Uh, and he's going up against Nick. Uh, Paul, do you want to do that one? Yep, I'll do this one. So Nick is bringing his beast herds. He has a beast lord on a razor tusk chariot, who's a general. He's got light armor, shield, crown of horns, supernatural dexterity, talisman of shielding, and the trickster's cunning. He has a soothsayer, who's a wizard master with shamanism, He's got light armor, ancestral carvings, dark rain, and the seed of the dark forest. For his BSB, he's got a beast chieftain. He's the greater totem bearer upgrade with a great weapon, light armor, destiny's call, and lucky charm. In core, he's got two units of 32 wild horn with full command, paired weapons, and they have the blooded horn totem. In special, he's got two units of five centaurs with ambush, musician, paired weapons, and throwing weapons. Two units of five gargoyles, a briar beast, 21 longhorn, musician and halberds, six minotaurs, paired weapons and musician, and a razor tusk chariot. I think it's really funny that um, before the tournament, Nick said to me, like, he just wants to play combat lists at the tournament and he'll be fine. He doesn't want to play against any shinless. Um, and I'm not sure he'll be feeling that after finding out you're playing this list. <laughs> yeah. um, I think Alex's list is really, really strong. I think ghouls just now in the Strigoi link are the strongest option in that book. Um, they're just so nasty. I mean, it's very point and click. You know exactly what it's going to do. I think it could be a very good game, actually, um, because they're just going to smash in the middle. And yep. Nick will have the advantage that he's going first, and he's getting all his reloads and stuff like that. So it could it could probably go either way. Um, I just, I've read the Vampire book a lot, and I really like the, the ghoul and ghast set up. But, you know, if, if Nick gets those charges in, he's going first and he gets some combos off, um, which he can't, he's got enough bodies to do, um, then it could start going very, very wrong for Alex. Yeah, and Nick has a very good track record of making very long charges. Yeah, yeah. Nick doesn't so actually if... do any charges under <laughs> 10 on the dice. He doesn't believe yeah. in them. So. No. What do you think, Felix? Um, so, obviously, Alex's list is... is very blunt it's the same as sort of barry's list it's just a push forward list uh, and then you hope you have enough stuff to to smash someone nick's list is is interesting it's obviously i've played beast for 
like a year, you know, the whole last year um, until 2.0 came out. Um, but I've been trying something very similar to what he's gone for lately. And there's just, I think that I look at his list though, and the whole, the, the, the theme is there, but I just think there's quite a few little bits and pieces that he could change to make it a bit more efficient. Like those, the two units of wild horns, I think are really cool. But if you drop them down to 25, you can give them ambush. And then that starts having two units of ambushes coming on. I mean, like against Alex, it'd be great because you could put it straight into that sort of zombie bunker and eat up his uh, cadaver wagon. But it makes people think think twice before pushing out at you, which I think the beast is, is really cool. And then the fact that you guys are saying he likes making long charges. So he's got two Razor Tusk chariots to, to give him a plus one to the charge. But it's also a bit weird to me that his Minotaurs and his Longhorn don't have the, um, what's it called, the Blackwing Totem that you can cast to give them an extra D3 plus one charge range. Like Those things synergize really nicely together. And also he's, he's brought six Minotaurs. You would think that if he's bringing six Minotaurs, they're, they're okay, but they're not the greatest. You might consider taking a Minotaur Lord, which at the moment I think is a lot more survivable and puts out a lot of hurt compared to the, the Razor Sus Chariot. But I think that the, the sort of the theme of the list is there, like having a lot of relatively scary units that lots of other units can't deal with. Um, and I think it will just depend on the d- deployment a lot for, for who gets the upper hand in the combats for this, for this game. I think Nick's had a bit of a bad run with Beasts. I think he had a lot of games where he wasn't doing very well and he just kind of felt like, you know, like there wasn't much he could do. And I think he has tried a lot of different things. I think he's tried Minotaur uh, Generals and stuff, but I'm guessing that if he's bringing this, and I know he had this on the weekend, that he's obviously finding some success with this. Would that be fair to say, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I think Nick went through a horrendous period um, after 2.0 came out, because I play Nick a lot. And playing against uh, Nick Vampire is just uh, is a really good test of both armies because it you know you're going up against something that isn't necessarily a, a good matchup for you. But Nick went through a really bad period where he just he wasn't getting any luck. He wasn't happy with his list. Um, he, I don't think he quite clicked on at the changes that 2.0 meant. And he I think he must have gone through probably about eight or nine different iterations of lists in like the probably about a month. So from Christmas to now, he's gone through all these different things. Um, and he kind of settled on this one just because it's the it's like you were saying, Felix, it's the multiple threats, and uh, each of them are quite hard to get rid of. And then with uh, shamanism and stuff like that, it, it, he counters shooting armies quite well. He went off ambushing um, because he was finding that a lot of people just deployed against it. And I was trying to tell him that I think even when people deploy against ambushing, you're getting something out of that because it means they I can't mean, deploy. Yeah, that's one of the whole points, isn't it? You know, yeah. you make do stupid deployment they wouldn't ordinarily do. Yeah. But um, I think that he was just getting frustrated because the way that he was playing didn't really work as well in this one. Um, so he was getting some success for this list, so I think that's the reason he went for it in the end. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's a good list, and he's got, particularly, there's a lot of shooting lists uh, going at this tournament, and he's got the tools to counter them pretty well. It really just depends on what Nick turns up. Whether it's uh, if it's the the crazy Nick that does long charges and gets them and uh, really pushes the envelope, then I think he could do very well. Yeah, I think the matchup because it is going to come down to close combat. I think Nick will be happy with that. Yeah. Has he played much against vampires? I mean, we don't. The part of the problem is we don't have anyone in the club that plays it currently. I mean, Andrew, you're going to have your list at some point, so yeah. we'll get some vampire games in at some point. But I don't 
North Knicks played against Vampires? Uh, well, Monroe's got some Vampires. And I know he, he tested his B-thirds list against Monroe's Vampires, I think, twice. Okay, so um, you'll maybe be aware of some of the stuff that yeah, you'll be up against. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Monroe um, took the kind of the Barrel Guard build, where it's, you know, the big unit Barrel Guard, and you kind of build everything around that. Um, so Alex's list will be different to what he's faced before. But I think, yeah, like you said, I think Nick will be happy with a combat matchup. Um, I think he's just got a, it, like Felix said, it, it was going to come down to deployment and movement, I think. And that will be the difference between who gets to the edge. Okay. Where are you putting your money? Probably have to go Alex, just because I know how horrible that list can be. Um, I really, I really, really rate the Ghoul, Strigoi, and uh, Gast setup. So I would probably say Alex. But I think this one uh, will come down to, you know, the game itself. I don't think this one's a pre-decided matchup in any way. Okay. What about you, Felix? So I've played, I've, so while we were writing this list, I played that Strigoi list a couple of times. And if you haven't played with it before, it's quite hard to get to grips with. So I think that, you know, Nick is the player who's going to have the sort of the best chance of catching Alex unawares because this will be his first game actually playing with them. Um, so I think Nick's got a fair chance that he might, you know, if the dice go his way, might be able to take it. Yeah. I mean, he's got good magic and playing against Beast Herds, if, if they have a good magic phase and they get tokens off in addition to some of the other spells, then they're a nightmare. So, yeah. in close combat, they are very strong. So, yeah, I'll go Nick. But yeah, I think that'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, definitely. Because I think it is going to be combats, you know, sooner rather than later. And then I think yeah. it's going to be over sooner rather than later. Yeah, I don't think they'll later. struggle to get finished. <laughs> you have the cast and vote in that one. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think I will go with Nick. I think I should back Alex as he's, you know, vice captain of Scotland. But I think that Nick, Nick will probably be able to take it if he if he plays well and outdeploys Alex. Okay, so Nick gets that one. Cool. Right, that's us. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, get through that. We my uh, Wi-Fi is having some technical difficulties, so thanks for powering on through that. Um, before we finish up, let's just have a, a quick chat about our overall thoughts. Um, and actually, let's let's make it interesting. Let's uh, let's see who we each think are going to be on that podium on the end of day two. So. Paul, I'll put you on the spot because I can't do it to our guest. Who are your first, second, and third placers? First, second, and third. It's hard to say because there's a number of armies that I've never played against. So it's difficult to assess some of the matchups from my perspective. But I think Jack's VC list could good potential. Yep. I really like Kieran's list, so I think he could be up there. And then I think Barry's list... Just if he gets good matchups, if he's fortunate with who he plays against, I think a lot of people are going to struggle to take off that many units of chosen knights. So I think those three could do particularly well. Okay. Felix, what's your gut telling you? So there's a few things. I think the I think Jack has Jack Austin has got my favourite list. I think that there's a very large chance that he will be getting absolutely trashed. So I think that that might go against him, and uh, so I think he might just miss the podium. Mel, I think he's just a great player and he's got a great list, but I think he may be taking a time penalty. (laughs) They are pretty strict, so I think that will probably kick him off the podium. Um, So I think I'm left with with the three. I think I think Chris Leg will just he's such an experienced player, and I think that. 
as long as he doesn't go into too many bad matchups that can pick out that uh, that vampire, I think he'll do very well. And I think the the the, the guys who will come one and two are, are, are Kieran and Gareth. And I think the reason that is is that all of the all of the lists that I expect or the players that I expect to be sort of in that top third, I think both Gareth and Kieran's lists are pretty good hard counters to them. And so I think that once it gets down to sort of game four, game five, and they're playing these guys, that they'll have the edge there and that might just take them to, uh, take them to the top. Which is why my submarine tactic will pull off. Because... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think my, my favourite list is Kieran's. I think Kieran will, if, um, if that list works, I think he's, he's going to be pushing for podium. Uh, I think Jack as well, and it's a really hard list to deal with. Uh, and I don't think, I mean, there's not a lot of catapults and stuff kicking about. I think I'm the, actually the only one that's taken proper catapults. And I think that Barrow Guardian, it's just so hard to deal with unless you can really just concentrate fire on it. Uh, so, yeah, I think Jack is going to be there or thereabouts. Um, for third, I think that it could go anyone, really. Um, I, I really like Tim's list. And I think if Tim gets the right matchups, he can be pushing into that area. Um, John's list as well, really strong. Uh, like we said, Mel, uh, Mel and Gareth. Although <laughs> Gareth seems to be getting all the list penalties in the world, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's asleep right now, and you've got no idea how he's going to get his changes before posting the list document in half an hour. <laughs> so I would say uh, Kieran, Jack, and uh, I'll go. I'll go Tim for third. Nice. You know, solidarity with my fellow coach. Damn right. Yeah. Um, really but, not looking forward to game one now. <laughs> right, Tim's Tim's a really good player as well. I think that's going to be tough. But um, I think all those games will be good fun. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be a good banter on the day. So, um, any final words or thoughts, uh, Felix? Well, there's one announcement I can make, which is good. Oh. So for everyone who's coming with uh, the great man that runs uh, Common Ground and he says that drinking is allowed for <laughs> anything, beers, ciders, wine, anything under like sort of 15%, no hard spirits, so no doing shot to you, me on the bottom table. Um, <laughs> but if you want to bring some beers and have a good time and uh, share them with your opponent, then you're very welcome. Awesome. Um, Paul, any final words before we wrap up? No, just say really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good event. Um, looking forward to playing against some new opponents, getting to grips with some new armies. I think it'll be a great day. I think it's going to be really good fun. Uh, really looking forward to it. Um, so, just in terms of uh, final announcements, um, if you are coming to the tournament, um, Common Ground will be open on the Friday if you want to come down and get some practice games in. Uh, I know um, I am definitely not going to work on Friday, so I will be there. <laughs> um, and I know that uh, Gareth and Deej are coming up early. Uh, I know Tim is uh, coming up um, on the Thursday night, so he'll be about. So there will be uh, a fair few people kicking about at Common Ground on the Friday if you want to come in and get some practice games or just come down and chat to the rest of the guys. Felix, will we be Twittering? We will be Twittering on the day. Um, the hashtag will be TSC2018. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll be I'll be taking photos and tweeting as much as I can. Obviously, if I'm the spare player, it might be a little bit less. Which also, I guess, if anyone's listening uh, when this comes out and has got that weekend free and thinks, hey, you know what, I fancy coming along. We've still got spots. You can take my spot. So uh, just drop a drop, drop us a message on the forum or somewhere, and uh, we can all sort that out. Absolutely. Um, I know Paul and I will try and 
uh, tweet as well on the Scottish Wildlands Twitter stuff. Uh, we'll try and get yep. some pictures and stuff up. Um, you might not be able to see a lot of my pictures because, you know, the tears will cover the camera lens, but um, <laughs> I will try my best. Before we close, I just want to thank Felix for coming on and uh, struggling with, with us with my Wi-Fi over the last three hours. Uh, so thank you very much, Felix. Thanks for running the tournament and look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing you in uh, yeah, a couple of weeks. So if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so via Twitter at Scottish Ninth Age. Uh, you can drop us an uh, email at uh, scottishwildlings at gmail.com. You can get us on the form. Uh, I'm Lost Cause. Paul is Space Goblin. Felix is F Thunder. Any final words, Paul? Just uh, say to everyone the cover at the tournament, looking forward to meeting you guys and having some fun throwing some dice. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see you all there. <laughs>